Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. It's episode 35, and we're backing up the squadron here at the Yellow Cab Tavern. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, an adventure taking you through the terrain of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Pocket Casts, Acast, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Radio Public, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean. Pod Chaser, Overcast.fm, Beyond Pod, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, the LeeWMallon.com, and the host, GemCitySports.com. Music is provided by FreestockMusic.com. Now, please join your host for another exciting episode of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, Lee W. Mallon. This is the Gem on the Queen's Crown, and we're interviewing today the Gem City Squadron. If you don't know, the Gem City Squadron are the supporter group for the Dayton Dynamo. And today we got three guests on tap. To my left is Ed Hooper. Across from me on the table is Tyler West. And to my right is Brad Boldman. Guys, how fair are you this morning? Very fairly. <laughs> Spring break for me, so yeah, hey, a few more days of sleeping in. There you go. I'm doing great. It's good to see you guys. It's uh, feels like soccer season's right around the corner. Yeah. You know, hopefully one day if this weather ever <laughs> you know changes back to warmth, that'd be great, right? Yes, it will. Yes. The Gem City Squadron are very important in the Dayton sports scene. Like I mentioned, the supporter group for the Dayton Dynamo, and it's all about grassroots here, keeping local soccer and sharing it with the community. So I'd like to start off by introducing you guys. Uh, whoever wants to take the torch first, introduce yourself, uh, <laughs> share how people can find you on social media, and share what makes you interesting. All right. Well, um, first I should say uh, Gem City Squadron. <coughs> oh, sorry. I've got a little cold. 
Um, Gem City Squadron on Twitter, on Facebook. That's where you're going to hear most of, uh, most of our news. Uh, I'm Tyler West. I founded this a couple years ago, right when the Dynamo were moving to Dayton from Cincinnati. Um, that's, I mean, at Ty Whistler on Twitter, if you care about that. Um, <laughs> basically, I just I, I founded the group, and these guys kind of just came to me. So that's lucky me, right? <laughs> you want to go, Brett? Um, yeah. I got into the uh, squadron. I actually was part of a supporter group, uh, Orange Legion, for the Dutch Lions. And unfortunately, that was not growing. So when the Dynamo came to town, I jumped on board and joined up with this supporters group. And I'm Ed Hooper. Um, yeah, I, I've been with these guys from the beginning. Um, uh, was I got my chops from going to the uh, crew games and due to uh, some financially hard times uh, after two seasons, I had to, like, you know, put that on the shelf for a while. I was kind of disappointed over a year or so. And so when I heard that they were going to bring it, um, uh, the club here to Dayton, I was really excited. And I, the next thing I had to ask is, please tell me you guys got a supporters group. And Ty chimed in, and um, that's how we met that first night and have been sticking with them ever since. And it's been a joy being a part of it, so... Now, Brad mentioned about the Orange Legion, which was the former supporter group for the Dayton Dutch Lions. What are your histories with local Dayton sports? Well, um, like I said, I was a part of the Orange Legion. I always kind of I got excited when the Dutch Lions came to town to finally have a local soccer team and had season tickets first few years that I had season tickets there was no supporters group at all and then Chad Hollingsworth decided to start the group and me and there's probably about six of us at the peak of that group but um, after aside from the soccer though and the Dragons, That's as far as the professional sports teams here in town, that's been my teams I've supported. Um, you know, for me, um, I'm a little younger than them, so a lot of my life, you know, going to Dragons games as a kid. Um, I've been to some UD basketball games, of course. You can't, you can't really live here without going to some games at UD Arena. Um, you know, college basketball is important here, too. Um, so Dragons and UD... Basically, I never really went to any Dutch Lions games. I was just too young. I didn't have a car to go out there. Um, and then as soon as I was into the soccer scene enough, the Dynamo were just starting. So uh, short, short history for me. Well, I better break out my AARP card here. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, before soccer, I think uh, the Dayton Bombers were one of my um, uh, favorite things to go out to. Um, I was just thinking last night, uh, my better half is in Wheeling, and she went to a hockey game, and she texted me saying that the first two or three minutes into the uh, period, they were already fighting, and I had flashes of Johnstown and Dayton and how combative that was back in the day. So, that you know, the few games that I went there was really good, and it was really supportive there. Um, once the Bombers folded, I actually went to a couple other uh, games over at Hare Arena, 
I forget the team that was there now, but uh, at that time, but um, and of course, Dragon Games, and you know, you follow along with college. I'm kind of new to the soccer field. They've got a little bit. They got a little bit on me than anything else. My uh, daughter played goalie for a few years and um, was part of the um, uh, the Warrior, um, not the Warrior Select League, but at least the Warrior uh, Fun League, basically. And uh, they kept talking about, oh, you got to watch the Premier League. I was like, all right, well, I'll watch it. And got into that, uh, got behind Manchester United. Um, I'm part of the uh, Dayton chapter of that um, supporters group there. And then once the Dynamo came around, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a marriage made in heaven. It was like, it's at home and, uh, you know, it's local and, you know, it's something that you can get behind. So, um, yeah, uh, Dayton's been a great repository towards uh, sports of all sorts. And um, uh, it's great when we have the teams and you've got – um, once you get a team here that connects with the community, yeah, I mean, we'll get behind it 100%. So, It's a fantastic community here in Dayton, Ohio. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk now about the Gem City Squadron. Uh, what's the history behind the supporter group? <laughs> uh, okay, so basically I was going to uh, Miami University Middletown for some classes my freshman year and I get home one night and I just get on Twitter and I see something about the Dayton Dynamo. Like, who are these guys? I've never <laughs> heard of this, but it's soccer, so I've got to check it out. There's a live stream of the event that I just missed, but I rewatched it. And so the Cincinnati Saints relocate to Dayton, Ohio, become the Dayton Dynamo. So first night, I'm sitting on my couch in the basement and I'm like, I have to get in. If I'm ever going to get involved, might as well start from the bottom. Why wait for somebody else to create an environment? So I, uh, I messaged the team on Twitter. Uh, Dave Satterwhite um, calls me down, or he calls me on the phone at night. I go down to Cincinnati, uh, I think December 22nd, 2015, is really like the day I like to say it started because that's the day I met with him and kind of, you know, learned a little bit about what they were trying to do and how I could create a uh, supporters group that kind of banked off of that and I remember I'll never forget he said the Dynamo are my baby treat the uh, supporters group as your baby so we didn't have a name yet but uh, I want there were a couple names I actually ran a Twitter poll and Gem City Squadron got the most votes I couldn't believe how many votes we got I was expecting you know 30 votes we got like 150 so that was really nice so so from the ground up, I mean, we're not getting 150 in the supporters group, but there's a lot of support on social media, at the games, you know, people recognize us and, like, say, hey, keep, keep doing your thing. So it's really interesting for me, you know. It's, it's, it's been a blast kind of growing it from the start. Um, I had a friend design the logo, and from then we've kind of grown the brand a little bit. You know, we're not, we're not like, we're not going to be like the crew. We're not, we're not going to have, like, a recognizable brand across the country. But to have a brand, you know, that we can, you know, make scarves and T-shirts and so growing apparel. You know, I have a hat and a T-shirt that I wear all the time. So just having that recognizable logo for me and then, you know, to, to relate that back onto the, the, the stands from, you know, home games and the away days we've made, it's been a blast for me. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was it was funny. Once I found out that they were actually had a um, uh, supporters group, you know, they, the the first event I went to for a uh, Dynamo game was um, uh, we were over at Dayton Beer Company and they were doing the uh, kit reveals for that first season. And I'm looking for Ty, and I see Ty off in the corner with a couple of his friends, and 
all I could think of is, oh, my God, they're not young enough to drink. What the heck? What's going on here? But um, as I checked myself at the door, I realized, I was like, you know what? Uh, supporters group is for the young, and they're the ones that basically fuel the fire and has the passion and everything else. So it was good that it was in their hands. And I just came along, and I'm like, you know, if I would have stuck with the crew, it would have been a hard, harder time to get through some ideas for uh, chants or uh, ideas to do and develop and everything like that because they've had a longer uh, history than we did. So it, Ty's been really great about, and, you know, the rest of the guys have been really great about, you know, adding things, and they let me know, hey, this works or this doesn't work. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a group thing, and uh, it's always been a group thing. Um, and, you know, as Ty's mentioned, too, the, the away games have been, the, the few away games that we've been to uh, were truly memorable because that's like your bonding thing. That's when, like, you know, you know we've been to the fire and we've been <laughs> in the pits of, of the enemy in a way. But um, it was great. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad they went with Squadron, and uh, it kind of reflects uh, Dayton's heritage, both as a military town as well as uh, – it's history and aviation as well, too. So it all fits together so well. So um, I'm very glad to uh, see this develop the way that well, it did. You know, the first name that I thought of was the Wright Brothers Battalion. And I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to talk with the Wright Brothers Foundation or whatever that, right. uh, that allow people to use, you know, the Wright Brothers moniker for, you know, any business type thing. And they said, you can't do that. Yeah. So I had to go back to the drawing board. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the previous names you thought about? I, it's, I know, it's been a long, long time, and I forget the other two, but... I know it was definitely... Right Brothers Battalion was one that I couldn't put on the poll even because uh, I wasn't allowed, really. Uh, Gem City Squadron. Man, what else was there? Uh, 937 Legion. 937 oh, Legion, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Basically, I heard Orange Legion. I was like, what can I play off of that? And uh, I'm kind of glad that one didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gem City Squadron is a very nice name. It flows like, off the tongue. And like Ed said, it's a heritage to the military mm-hmm. base, Wright Pad, and, you know, the Wright brothers who yep. invented flight. Now, the obvious answer to this question would be Dayton Dynamo, but what is the Gem City Squadron about in terms of rooting for? Um, it's, it's, you know, it's more than Dynamo. It's, it's Dayton sports. Um, we've been talking about going to some Sinclair women's basketball games because they're, they're pretty good, apparently. I don't know for sure, but, you know, Brian's been trying to get us out there for a while. Um, you know, the Dragons, obviously, we're, we're planning this year with the Dynamo taking the year off. We're planning on going to the Dragons games, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's there's the the roller derby. Yeah, Dayton roller derby. The, uh, Gem City. Gem City roller girls. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, their season starts I think next month I believe. So I've just seen some um, yeah. um, ads from them about uh, upcoming ma- uh, games going on. So yeah. yeah, can't wait to go out there to see yeah. them. Yeah. So on Twitter, I try to give them a little bit of love. Um, and then Brian's Warhawks. Yeah. Uh, once they get up and going, I'm sh- uh, no doubt I'll be going as much as I can to support him. Right. Dayton rugby. We've talked about right. before. Yeah, Dayton rugby is really good. Um, the uh, uh, they um, I've been to at least one of their games out in their field, and the way they've built it up over the years is just absolutely ama- um, amazing. I'm kicking myself because they just had their fish fry about a couple of weeks ago, and I was there last year. And let me tell you, one of the best fish fries I've ever been to. And the guys have been great. The guys and gals have been great. They've got. Um, a lot of age ranges, and yeah, if you haven't been out to a rugby game with them, you should go out there, be honest with you. 
Was that the last home game of the season, of the home match of the season last year? Was it against Fort Wayne that they played at half? Um, I, f- I feel like it was. I think yeah, so, I was, yeah. It yes. was. It was. Because I was PAing that game. We yeah. weren't broadcasting it. I was uh, filling in and just watching. It's like, jeez, yeah. so hard hits. Yeah. I'll never be able to play this. I have a friend at work that used to do that years and years ago. And, you know, they said, yeah, we're going to recruit, recruit him and get him in there. I was like, no, I like my knees. <laughs> I really do. I don't like the sensation of pain. Yeah, that, that, that's important. Yeah, my buddy uh, out in school in Philadelphia, my, my good friend Jason has been playing rugby. Uh, he gets beat up, man. I don't know uh-huh. how he does it. I don't know how anyone no. does it. I know, I know Wright State had rugby. I think they still do. UD, not sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the Dayton Rugby Club, they're – their boss. Yes, for too. sure. They're, yeah, they're, for uh, sure. And Definitely. they're good people, too. So it was yeah. a lot of fun. Now, when you're part of the Gem City Squadron, you're not just going to games, rooting on for a team for a couple minutes, and, you know, that's it. See you, see you next home game. You're, you're involved with the team. What is it like being involved with not only the supporter group, but also kind of with the organization you root for, which would be the Dayton Dynamo? Um, okay, so for me, my favorite part was, you know, I think it was the first season it started. Um, after the game, the players would come up and, like, they'd go down the line and give us all high fives, and that kind of translated with a lot of the guys coming back for the second year. Um, I love that a lot. So, you know, being, like, the lifeblood that, you know, keeps the engine going, especially this past year with the playoff run when we were in Erie, I'll never forget they, they, they scored the goal in the 90th minute. And they came and celebrated right in front of us, and they were, you know, right, just as involved as we were, like five feet away, right across that little fence in front of us. So, uh, it, you know, we're like we're the heartbeat to the engine that doesn't stop. Is how I like to think about it. I think drums are the most important thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the funny part: I remember that first season they brought a drum, and, and Ty's like, "Does anybody know how to play?" I'm like. Okay, well, this is where I tapped into my African roots. Let's do this. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I started drumming. I remember I had, like, calluses on my hands. You had to start bringing gloves, right? Yeah. Well, I tried the gloves. That didn't work. But, you know, it it worked out. I mean, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm used to this. So that by the second season, you know, we're all pros now. We we got all our chants down, and, we you know, and we're getting into, into it. And I think for me it's just – yeah, like that, that you said, the connection with the players and just giving that home field advantage, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, not just at home games. I mean, the two the two travel games. I'll, I'll never forget Erie. Uh, we went to Erie. That was like a home game. For yeah, us. it was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a small crowd. It was a small little field or whatever. But, I mean. Great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. And it, our, our sound carried through the streets. And you can, and we, we, play, we watched the replay of that game. And you hear it, you hear us over everybody else, and mm-hmm. I just thought, can you imagine if we had hundreds? Yeah, I don't know if Erie's listening. I, I don't yeah, know if really. they'll be listening to this, but uh, yeah. they have a great supporters group up there, yes, the Armada, but yeah. you guys got to be a little louder than the Gem City Squadron <laughs> at home in a playoff game. Yes, they got to hear you. Yeah, they're really nice guys, though, up yeah, there. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, when we went to Detroit for the playoff game against Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor supporters group was. Much bigger than ours. I don't think they made a peep. Not a peep. They were no, sitting down the whole time. Okay. So supporters culture for me was uh, – sorry, getting some feedback in the mic. Um, supporters culture for me has always been, you know, 
you try, you got to support. The, you, you can go to games, you know, it's fun to sit there, but how much of an impact are you going to make for clapping every couple minutes, you know what I'm saying? Um, if, with Ed, he, he's written most of the chants for us, you know, we're singing for 90 minutes yeah, it's and a, drumming for 90 minutes. There's a motto, 90 plus or bust, very simple. Um, you know, the thing is, uh, you got to remember, out of all the sports, all the major sports out there, soccer is the one in which the athlete goes the most so far as miles. I mean, uh, you're talking, what, two miles for 90-plus 90, 90 minute? Um, Probably a little more than that. Maybe a little bit more than that. It's, it's a lot of... You know, it's if, a lot of running. It's a marathon out there, literally. You know, and depending on your position, you're you're out there, and so um, it's kind of like running a marathon. You know, you got to have that support, you got to get that encouragement, and you know the the just doing the chance and letting them know that we're in their corner, and you know, letting them know that we're in we're in their corner and that we're you know out there for them. And they know that you know we're we're there to support them. It makes a whole huge difference, uh, so far as the um, so far as the game is concerned, and so far as the players are concerned. And I know, you know, the greatest feeling in the world is when they come up to you and say, "Guys, thanks." You know, you, you know that encouragement. It really means a lot. So that that's really what it's all about. Tyler brought up a good point. Uh, something that you know. I was at the Dragons, so I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to go, but uh, I remember seeing that video. Just like you guys were literally on top of them. That was that was probably the biggest goal in Dynamo history. Dynamo I'd slash so. Saints yes. history. Mm-hmm. That one, and then what was it? Tristan Lyle's goal yes. at home, right in front of us, where he curled it in at the top. Oh my gosh! Oh god, that was such a great. That goal. was that was a beautiful one. Ooh. Yeah, that was a beautiful one. That that one sticks in my mind. I think that was one of the best nights I've ever had with these guys because, um, you know, Cle- AFC Cleveland at the time was just, uh, just you know, tough, amazing. Reigning they, champs of the league. Reigning champs, and we took it to them. And just it, it felt every bit like a championship uh, match. And, yeah, it was just a great night overall. I, I couldn't ask for a better night than that. So, um, especially with the results. So, that's something I like to bring up too, as um, AFC Cleveland no longer being a thing. Now it's uh, what is it? Cleveland, Cleveland SC. SC? Yeah, Cleveland they just SC. unveiled their logo yesterday. I'm excited for them up there. Um, great looking logo. It's though. a you know yeah, what's it? Bad. Former yeah. players that used to play for uh, AFC Cleveland. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they got together when the team just basically disappeared. Um, they're gonna run their own thing, which is good for them. I'm hoping you know they keep it going up there in Cleveland. That I, I mean, when they came away, the one guy came all the way from Cleveland alone. Oh, yes. He set up <laughs> he set up flags and he had he had a drum right and yeah Wamp- he Wampus wa- no it was, it, was, it, was it, it, it I forget no, his name yeah but he came out there and at first he was in our section I had I mean I felt bad I was like man he put all this work putting the banners and everything so I walked up to him I was like I hate to break this to you but this is our section he was like oh I'm sorry so yeah he <laughs> we had to send him across all the way but side. once he got everything set up I mean from the minute they got on the pitch to the minute they got off he was vocal and I mean what could you say I mean um, to kind of get biblical where two or more are gathered, you know, <laughs> you know that was one, and I mean one made a difference, and uh, yeah, it was, was like a hundred people over there. You oh know? yeah, with, with the attitude he had, it was like there were people to his left, right, and behind him. Yeah, so yeah, and I, I gotta give him a lot of credit because with the Dutch Lions, there were times when we had two supporters, and with two supporters, it's 
it's tough. So I can't imagine just being out there by yourself and mm-hmm. doing an away game, especially exactly yeah. oh, people yeah. chanting but, against you. Exactly. So and, and you have to chant against the you know majority, the home <laughs> group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody else at the game is against you. Right. So I mean, you guys, like you mentioned at Erie, you you know overpowered their supporter group, which nice people, but you mm-hmm. know, right? Hey, your supporters group. That's one thing um, going back about 90-plus or bust is you guys, it's something I always admired, you guys never stop. No. It's, it's glorious, and I love it. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, our, the, our culture in America, we're just so used to just going and grabbing our food and sitting down, and we might do it for a little bit. I think the closest thing to that is maybe college sports, and you, you're a testament to it. You know, when those college kids get together – whether it's UD or Wright State or whatever, they are loud mm-hmm. and they are continuous and you hear that support and it's, it's a great thing. And, you know, you look outside of our country and some of the support there. I mean, right now I'm watching, I'm watching Bundesliga with uh, Borussia Dortmund and, you know, 70,000 in the crowd, about 50,000 of them in the supporters group making the most amazing noise for their club because that's how much they love them. And I'm like, man, you know, to start something like that, I may not be around to finish it, but I'd at least like to get it started so that if we even get a fraction of that to sound that good, you know, that that would be the highlight of my life right there. I mean, you brought up a good point. Uh, it was the opening match of the season for Dayton men's soccer just this season. It was against East Tennessee State. Right. There was just – if you don't know about Bojan Field, there's an upper tier and a lower tier. Mm-hmm. Normally, the students will sit or stand at the lower tier. I mean, from bleacher to bleacher, which is about a little over a third of the pitch, right. just see all these students standing. You have the one guy with the drum and all these flags. You have a State of Ohio flag. I swear I saw an Erie Commodore flag on there. <laughs> don't give up the ships. Like, you do know you're in Dayton, right? Right. Let me, let me introduce you to the Dynamo. And let, me, uh, let me suggest not bringing that flag up. But, right. no, uh, just I remember taking a video of that, and just whew, it took off. And well, we, I know Brian, he was not here with us right now, but we, we went out a couple of uh, matches over at UD, and um, – uh, stood in the crowd, and yeah, it's it's great to hear these, the student section really just you know lay it out there. They have such a great uh, system, and th- I think they're in some ways are more vocal than we are. I know they kind of gave a little um, um, encouragement to the other <laughs> the other school. <laughs> it was it was it was just I mean the the, the uh, let's just I won't say it's not hate, but basically the shade that they put on them it was just priceless. It was just like. Well done. Well done. I mean, it was just – it was great. I mean, they had their regulars come out for every single game, including the last home regular season game against George Mason, which right. the Flyers won 5-2. to two. If you don't remember that night, the pitch was absolutely flooded. You saw puddles. <laughs> I surpri- I'm surprised we played. It was right. raining nonstop. And I was like, we're actually playing this. And we heard the refs say, hey – uh, we're going to stop it in 70 minutes since Flyers are up big. No, we played the whole thing. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. Oh, I remember. God, that reminds me that they were – they always uh, – when I have to say one minute to go in the half, 
they, they always count down with how much time is left. Yes. And one minute remaining. <laughs> Thank you. So I was supposed to, they were doing it for the 70 minutes because they overheard that too, but uh, I was told not to. We ended up playing the whole 90, so right. it worked out. But, uh, wow. man, I, I just doing that at Dayton Games, it, it, it warms my heart. <laughs> I, 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 I love that group. I love yeah, that group. We have something similar to that for uh, Miami Red Hawk hockey games where I go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that place is loud. Oh, and yeah. we do the same thing with the announcer who's been there for years and uh, the coach who's been there for years. Like, the reception they get, you know, he'll say, uh, there's one minute left in the second period. And then... Thank you, and we all wave up to him. So I always point the microphone at them. That's fine. Um, there you go. I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but the other one or the other PA announcer at UD that does women's soccer, mm. she'll say, "You're welcome." I'm like, <laughs> I just point out. I think they can see themselves. There you go. You know? there you go. I, I wish, I wish Wright State had that. You know, yeah. I wish yeah. you know. I mean, the biggest crowd we have is homecoming. Right. And, you know, you have alums come in. You have a big chili cook-off at the parking lot. Wow. But most of the time, I'm like, you know, when we were at school, we had the Raider Rowdies, and mm-hmm. we would chant the entire thing. I, I can tell that. you, I can tell you, what was it, freshman or sophomore year, Butler was at Wright State, and preparing for a throw-off, one of the Bulldogs just starts rubbing his buttocks towards us because he was getting upset. <laughs> I think that was also the game wow. where they score a goal and then off the kick, they score another one. Like, off the... Um, corner kick? No, 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 not the corner kick. Like, but off like the kickoff. The, right uh, after a yeah, goal. the kickoff oh, okay, okay. The, from center. They just kick it, and it goes in like, what? Wow. <laughs> but Butler had a really good men's soccer team. I don't know if they still... Are up there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't my know knowledge of college soccer isn't the best. I just know that Akron was really good for a while. They're <laughs> still pretty. Oh, they're, they're still, still pretty yeah, they're good. Still I couldn't solid. tell you. They're still solid. <laughs> um, I know Wright State and Dayton men's soccer because I do all those. I mean, those are two good squads, and I feel like if Wright State and Dayton played men's soccer, that should be you know instant fill out the seats at alumni or Bojan. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, that that would be a lot of fun if the two of them played each other. I go to several Wright State home games each year because I'm a Wright State alum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, got to say with UD, Bojan is like one of my favorite sports venues I think I've ever been to. Yeah, it's Um, just, just, just intimate and simple and just a joy it is to go there. I think it's one of those little sports treasures that Dayton has that they should just keep. I mean, um, if I even hear so much as a bulldozer gets anywhere in a corner of it, I'll probably <laughs> lay in front of it like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there with you, too. <laughs> I mean, if you're a historical nut, that's Dayton's first football field. Right. Now they play over at Welcome Stadium, of course. Right. But Bojan Field, like you mentioned, it's intimate when – the leaves haven't fallen off the trees. You just feel like you're, you know, you're in the middle of soccer universe USA. Mm-hmm. It's it's that beautiful. And I, I love alumni field, too. I yeah. mean, it's peaceful out there. It used to be when I was in school, there used to be crowns at the corners because there used oh, to be wow. this huge drop-off. It used to be all fenced in. Now mm-hmm. it's not. So, literally, if you kick the ball out and it goes in the woods, the ball kids have to I've go out I've seen it up there. on the roof there. <laughs> <laughs> have fun retrieving that yeah, one. No um, but, no, I mean, we have two great soccer facilities for college. Right. Yeah, we do. No, no, in Wright State, for sure. I mean, 
Uh, we, I think that first season, um, the last game of the year, last against game of the year, the Chicago Mustangs. My goodness, we won like oh. seven to one. Yeah, yeah it was, that, that was, was beautiful. That was a good game. <laughs> yep. It was just nice to come back to Wright State and just yeah. see soccer that time. No um, doubt. We're talking Gem City Squadron. We got Ed, Tyler, and Brad here on the microphone on episode number thirty-five of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, talking Sunday sports. And what is more Sunday sports than the Dayton Dynamo and the Gem City Squadron? Now, you probably already know the news, but if you don't, the Dayton Dynamo is going dark for 2018 with the intention of going pro for 2019 after one of the best seasons in Saints slash Dynamo FC history. And I think I saw a tweet from Dayton Dynamo saying that this year they would have been in the Open Cup, which there was a there's an argument about it going both ways, but getting that close to the Open Cup, it's it's got to be tough. But uh, salt into <laughs> you know the Open Cup. It's okay. So in our league, we get so many games in our region, but to have the opportunity to go, you know, if we win a first game, we might be playing FC Cincinnati and competing against them. You know, that's. The opportunity there is so great, and, you know, to be that close, and, you know, after the playoff game last year, you know, when Ann Arbor knocked us out, you know, we were still top 16 in the bracket, so thinking we could have a shot at, you know, playing in the Open Cup, so at that point, we're, we're excited about it, we're talking about it on, the, on, like, the whole way back, like, wow, we could be playing some pretty big games next year, yeah. besides the league, and uh, it's, it, it's, I don't want to say I missed opportunity, but I, I kind of get that feeling. Um, you know, we know the reason the Dynamo are taking the year off, and I respect that decision, you know, looking for a stadium and all that. But to be that close to the Open Cup, yeah. it, it's hard. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, at first, was taken aback because uh, I actually talked to Dave, and he kind of broke the news to me. And I, I, at first I was just like, man, really? <laughs> but <laughs> but um, not those types of words, but that's okay. But, no, I... I, I, I I kind of looked at it as kind of like, you know, I was trying to find the silver lining and all that. And the one silver lining I took away was like, this gives everybody a chance to take a breather, to, to, to maybe save up and prep up and focus, you know, okay, if we're going to come back bigger and better and we're aiming for um, a more a step up from where we're at, then okay, let's do this. A year is a year off will give us that uh, impetus. I'm more like waiting to break out my popcorn for the news of where we're going to land at at this point. So, um, and, I, and I've been following the tweets, and I'm just like, I'm not going to say here. I'm just saying I got some ideas, but I'm just going to let time and uh, the Dynamo figure out when is the right time to spill the beans as mm-hmm. to um, where we where we go from here. But yeah, I'm, I share with Ty. I was like, man, to get that close. And the way we did it and the way those guys, you know, how they played and how they hustled, um, yeah, it, 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 it does hurt. It does hurt. And it's kind of like you're the kid and, you know, you're getting ready to play and you can't wait because, you know, you want to get back on the field. And they tell you, nope, sorry, you're going to have to sit it out because um, you're going to have to sit it out while the rest of the kids play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. And you see them, they're having fun, and they're smiling, and they're prancing around, and all you could do is just sit back and, like, stew. So um, uh, once we do get back on the, on the pitch, 
God help you. That's all I can tell you right <laughs> now. Yeah, a part of that, you know, too, seeing, you know, Cleveland, you know, AFC Cleveland, had, you know, they were dead like a month ago. And so to see, to see Cleveland SC start from the bottom, like with a couple months to, to prep everything, Rubber City FC in mm-hmm. Akron, I think they're starting, are they starting next year or this year? Next uh, year. Next Is year. it next yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. There, I know there are some teams that are, like, just jump-starting really quickly this year. And, you know, with the Dynamo going pro, taking the year off, you know, you, you, if you sit back and think about it, mm-hmm. they could have they could have put together, you know, a semi-professional amateur team right. and played, you know, just to give us that little experience this year instead of taking the entire year off to prep for going pro. I mean, it's it, it can't be cheap running a sports team, so you, you have to right. you have to side with that a little bit for your hometown team. But right. to miss out on an entire year, even if it's just a couple months in the summer season, it, it's it's difficult with what we've got yeah. going. Yeah, I hate the fact that we don't have a team this year. Um, hopefully, though, this gives us an opportunity to um, kind of regather and uh, start next year uh, stronger. If Hopefully, them going pro um, gets some additional publicity for them and such and can help grow the team and grow the squadron. I agree. I agree. Now, with no Dayton team to support, what's your guys' plan for 2018? All right, 2018 is going to be a fun year. Um, you know, <laughs> growing here a little bit, um, hopefully getting some new like some scarves going and some, some stickers around town and, you know, just recruiting some extra people going to some other types of sporting events. Um, but for us, we want to, it's almost GCS on tour. We want to go some, like some great lakes games. Uh, I know Detroit will be back there in a couple months for yeah. their game against St. Pauli from Germany, which will be a fun friendly. Uh, I know Indianapolis is going to be exciting whenever yes. we get out there. Um, not FC Cincinnati. I know this is a Cincinnati Dayton thing, but not FC nah. Cincinnati. No, nah, that's uh, all right. Um, there's a lot of fun teams that we've we've experienced with in the past, like Erie. We might go back. You know, Chattanooga's got to happen. There's there's local soccer is you know it's growing. So being able to say we have the year off, where can we go? Yeah. And everybody being come 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 visit us. Like <laughs> come <laughs> over come over spend the night. Like yeah. it it should be a fun time this summer. Plus, plus it's an opportunity for, like, you know, if there's folks who have never been to a Dynamo game or they've been to a few or whatever, to kind of see what can happen here in Dayton by going to other communities and seeing what they're doing. And uh, shout-out to Detroit City because they've been incredibly um, great to us. Um, and it's just an experience none like anything you'll ever experience. Yeah, they give that bad boy talk on Twitter, but, oh, man, once man. you're up there, it's it's, it's one of the greatest communities you could ever be a part no of. No doubt, no doubt. So, they, are, they are some good people. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. So, yeah. But, yeah, like, like, like Ty said, yeah, this is this is our opportunity to just kind of um, keep our juices flowing, keep us thinking about next year, you know, like, okay, we cheered for you. That's great. This is just, you know, this is a pass. Once we put our colors back on, it's back to business. So yeah, especially with crew games this year, you know, with the whole save the crew thing. Um, yeah. our, uh, one of our new members, Tyler, is, mm-hmm. he's also in a supportive group for the crew, uh, Gate Five Collective, I think. Yeah. Um, so bringing him in, you know, kind of linking up, um, you know, having like a partnership almost where we can go up there and hang out with them, and then he can bring his guys down for Dynamo games next year. Uh, it's 
it's going to be a blast. You know, I'll still be wearing blue probably at the crew games with uh, with a you know a crew scarf around my neck with my with, with the Dynamo shirt on. But uh, it's it's an exciting time. You know, to take you know it sucks having the year off, but having the opportunity to to experience new communities and right. you know get our name out there with hey like we like soccer too in yeah. Dayton, Ohio. It should be fun. Yeah. What do you guys think about Indy 11 going not only to USL, but now they're playing at Lucas Oil Stadium for Ooh. all but one game? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't mind them playing USL. You know, it's it's probably the most stable for a team of their size. You know, they're probably not going to go to MLS um, with, like, an expansion or anything. But, you know, I had never been out to a game for them, but their stadium was apparently, like, you know, they had a blast out there. I think it was John Carroll Stadium right. in Indianapolis. Right. Um, so moving to that gigantic stadium, you know, mm-hmm. with artificial turf and, you know, it's going to be a cult atmosphere for what should be an Indy 11 experience. Yeah. So playing in that field, it's probably going to be, you know, what's it, 60,000 seats. It's probably going to be half full. You know, that's never fun to see. So, but, I mean, it's, it'll, be, it'll be their home for a year. So if they can make it feel like home, Try it out, I guess. I feel like I read somewhere that they weren't paying rent for Lucas Oil or something like that. Something kind of ridiculous. Like, really? Like they're just getting to play there for free? I think. Really? Or I mean, then go ahead and play there. (laughs) (laughs) It saves you money. Yeah. And I've been to Lucas Oil Stadium for other things. Um, um, Our oldest um, used to be in band at Carroll, and they would have their uh, band competition for the year over there. So... Great, great, great facility, no doubt. I, like Ty said, I think size-wise and where Indy's at, I'm like, they're not there to fill that place up. No. It's pretty expensive. Yeah, you no. guys have to do a lot of getting right. out there because yeah. Indianapolis is such a big community. Right. But the thing is, too, I mean, that's the only USL team in Indiana. So right. there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, right. here, it's Indiana's team, like the Pacers do. Like, right. Yeah. Man, and downtown Indianapolis is a great place for, you know, yes. for after games. You know, uh, yeah. last spring I went to some some concerts out there at the Fieldhouse, you know, right across the street from Lucas Oil. Once you get out of that building, you have all kinds of options, you know. So having, you know, if they can build a home, then they shouldn't have a problem, you know. Right. Filling half the stadium shouldn't be an issue if they're having a great time and having the, you know, fun before and after the game. And back when they were with the NASL, I mean, they are an exciting club atmosphere, an exciting group of players and everything. They've built this over the years, and I have no doubt that they will thrive uh, in the USL. I think um, with that stability as well as a chance to really grow the brand, and uh, I plan to watch one, (laughs) plan to watch their matches this weekend at some point. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very happy for them. I can't be – I'm excited for what they're going to go through. And, um, you know, I guess they were supposed to play FC Cincinnati uh, this weekend. I think me and Matt are going out there. I forget. Oh, you are? Yeah, I I messaged him this morning. I think we're going out there for that game. Nice. I think Indy 11 is also being covered quite well by the uh, media market of Indianapolis. I think most of their games are on Wish. Yeah. 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 It's just like, God. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I know FC Cincinnati's really excited about having all the home and away games on TV, but I'm like, I better listen to it on the radio, to be no honest. <laughs> I, I know. I'm probably, I'm probably the lone one out here that 
wants to listen to it on radio. But You know what, radio with baseball and football and even in, in soccer, it's good. Trust yes, me, it is. it is good. It's, I, it's another experience. You know, growing up as a Reds fan, listening to, uh, I forget the names. Cause Marty I'm, and Joe? Yep, Marty and Joe. Marty and Joe. Listen yeah. to them on the radio. Um, I remember I'd be playing basketball in my backyard, and every night, the guy a couple houses down would be, you know, this old gentleman listening to it in his garage with the, with the volume all the way up, so I'd be able to listen into the games, you know, there you go. growing up. Yeah. Um, with the talking about the Reds and such, you know, growing up, their games would be on TV sometimes, mm. and it was better to listen to them on the radio than it was to <laughs> watch the games. I agree. Um, even there's some bas- local basketball that I'd rather listen to on the radio too. Yeah, yeah I mean. Pretty much, I'm looking see if I can stream it on radio or you know, you know, online before I go on TV. And that's I don't know. I think that's you know, probably the minority voice out of TV. But I, I don't know. I, you know, it depends on you know what are you doing that night. Like for me, being at school, if I can put a game on and listen to it in my earbuds and put the phone in my pocket while I'm studying for whatever, doing homework, or if I'm walking to get food, I can mm-hmm. just throw it on in my earbuds and I'm fine. Yep. Um, or if I'm at home, throw it on TV. It just depends, you know? Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's me to a T. I want to listen to the game. I feel like, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not having to watch TV and then I can't do anything else. Especially with baseball. <laughs> it's hard to sit there and watch, you know, three and a half hours. Just the pitcher, like, yep, I'm getting yep. ready. Oh, now here's if, the pitch. <laughs> now, if you're at a game, if you go to a Reds game or a Dragons game, oh. it's a lot easier to sit through, you know, you right. go get food, yeah. you can go kill some time, you can talk with people around you, but sitting in your home, like, we watch the Reds games all the time uh, over dinner once the season starts, and once, you know, once I finish food, the third inning's about to start, and I, it's probably the last I've watched of it, so. Wow. I feel like sports are better in social content. For like, sure. if you watch it by yourself, yeah. like, did you see that play me? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> me. I'm so bored. No, but uh, you get what I'm saying. It's right, better right. in a social right. Yeah, even uh, back at Miami, when I'm a big Steeler fan, too, so uh, every game I'd throw it on my laptop and watch, uh, and he's not a football fan at all, you know. Uh, he's his family's from Greece, so oh, wow. he's a big soccer fan, and you know that, that works for me when we're watching soccer. But when I'm watching the Steelers, and <laughs> he's like, "Why are they hitting each other? Why, why do they take a timeout? Why is there so many commercials?" You know, <laughs> it's good to have somebody to talk to stuff with stuff about during the game. That's but cool. man, it's yeah. still like that same thing. This is a long game; we got to sit through it. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah. Um, as far as it being more fun so, um, as social studies, like here at Yellow Cab Tavern. Um, Saturday mornings, um, they'll be showing Premier League games, and there's right. a, a group that comes down here and watches the games together, and it's a lot of fun just to watch them with everyone else. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm not there every morning, but when I am there, it's amazing who you run into. Um, I kind of mentioned on Twitter there's a couple that has I've met at least a couple of times. They're for Huddersfield Town, which is this is their first season in the uh, top flight. And they support them. I mean, they got the shirts. They're out there supporting them. Like, wow, okay. That's cool. You know, that's all right, you know. But it's great. I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm, you know, I've, I've had it both ways. You know, when I was baseball, I grew up in Cleveland. So it was Indians baseball, and it was me and my grandmother watching it. And then, you know, Browns and all that. But, I mean, whether you're at a live event or whether you're – I tend to like it live. I really yeah. do. Just <laughs> – that atmosphere and the buzz, and you never know what you're going to mm-hmm. see. I know when I went to crew games, you know, 
I'm still a little bitter about David Beckham never showing up at the crew games when I had my season tickets. So um, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I hate. Mm. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I did get to see Thierry Henry, and he was the only person I ever saw kick a, a goal from the corner. Did a corner kick, and it bent over. And I was in such awe. I just stood up and clapped. I was <laughs> like, how can you hate that? I mean, That's... really. I mean, so this game, I mean, this game and just, you know, games overall, I mean, you know, you can just get that feeling and that buzz, and it's unlike anything else. And sometimes it's worth a little bit of extra coinage just to get there and be a part of it. You mentioned the crew. Uh, a local tie that I like to bring up is Lalu Sabubakar. Uh, he's, uh, he's a defender for the crew. He was a Dayton Flyer. Yep. Right. Dayton Flyer. It's right. his first or second year this year, I think, right? Might be yes. his first. Sec- I don't remember. Second yeah, I think year? it's second because last second? year uh, I remember seeing okay, it on yeah. the crew. So uh, this might be his first full season, though. Right. Probably. But um, still, you got a Dayton Flyer in the crew. That's, right. you know, that's awesome. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's a great opportunity for him, you know. And um, it's it, it's it, he's getting the playing time. He's getting a chance to prove himself. And, you know, he's getting to do it on the big stage. I mean, what more can you ask for? You know, seeing. Go ahead, go ahead. I think it was the MLS Player of the Week, the opening week. Right. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. I don't know if he did, but I'll tell you what, if he did (laughs) get that, you know, what a way to, you know, make your name out there, you know, and the opportunities that's going to open up for him. Mm -hmm. So that's just incredible. Yeah, it's one thing to see, you know, uh, see a UD player in any sport playing professionally here at home in America, but to see him playing, you know, in Ohio. That, that's got to be special for him yeah. and, you know, for people and UD fans being able to turn on his games, uh, check the stat. You know, crew fans in Ohio, a lot right. of them live in Dayton. Seeing a UD player playing for the crew, starting for the crew, playing well, that's got to be pretty special for right. some people. Absolutely. And it's just an hour drive, so, yeah. you yeah. know, fill up my prey. There you go. So, But, yeah, I, I, let me throw this out to about the crew. I mean, the crew, with everything that's going on, I don't think we need to – I think publicly we need to get this out that um, – you know, we owe a debt of gratitude to the Columbus Crew, SC, and uh, especially Nordak and all the other supporters out there. Um, I mean, come on, look at this, at the state. I mean, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have seen the growth of soccer the way that uh, we are seeing it now from Cleveland all the way down to Cincy and back up again. I think Toledo has one. I'm still waiting for Marietta or Zanesville to get one down there. <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me if something may pop up there. But, I mean, that happened because, you know, Lamar Hunt and dare to put a team there and get people interested and get people interested in the sport. And, I mean, the sport's always had a footprint in the state, but for them to be like the usher in there, I mean, we, we have to tip our hat off to them and tell them, you know, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at right now as the uh, Dynamo as well as with Gem City without their help. So Yeah, for me, I like to think about the crew as, you know, I, I was always – a slight soccer fan, you know, playing FIFA growing up as a kid. I didn't really watch games, and the World Cup 2010 came around, and I was like, I'm going to start watching soccer. So turn on crew games if you can with that awful TV deal if they're on TV. (laughs) Um, So for me, getting into American soccer, that was the start, watching the crew, keeping up with the crew. Um, I went to a couple games with some friends. I went to the playoff run uh, all the way through MLS Cup. I was at all those home games. so for me, before the Dynamo, I've got to go to the crew. Is this is my first real take bringing in of of watching soccer at the stadium to get that sense of the sense of the uh, the uh, the crowd atmosphere. So for me, I wanted to create that. That's why I started the Jemson Squadron. I wanted to recreate that in in Dayton. So 
I can owe it straight to the fans there as to why, you know, we're all here at the stable today. Um, it's because of the crew, and I know for you, always a big crew fan. Yeah. I don't know about you. Um, I started um, really getting into soccer in 94 when oh, wow. we hosted the World Cup. Yeah. And so I went to some crew games back when they were playing at Ohio State and such, and it's amazing how much they've grown since those days. Um, so I always followed the crew for um, ever since they started. It's cool. And it's kind of like in the hockey sense, too. The Blue Jackets of Columbus, that kind of helps sprout things around right. Columbus. I mean, they haven't had a state title yet in Columbus, and actually there's been one around here, and the rest are up north in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. The crew, you know, kind of blossomed and mm-hmm. kind of spread if you will, more love of the game. And that, that's kind of why FC Cincinnati is seeing so much uh, success so early, I think, is because um, you take the culture of the crew and how they started and kind of jump-started soccer culture in Ohio, and then you say, hey, crew fans you know, around Cincinnati, what if we had our own version of that? So you know, seeing it grow from the start down there has been exciting. It'll be more exciting to see what happens if they don't get their stadium, if they don't get MLS. That's what I'm excited to see because then you'll see the true soccer fans sticking around and that that attendance might go down. But I think they, they've started to grow something pretty special down there as well. So mm-hmm. now us in Dayton doing the same thing, Cleveland, you know, that, that's the beauty of supporter culture. You see the true fans and that's you guys at the table sticking around even when times are dark. You know, we don't have yeah. a team right now. Um, Cincinnati, it'll be exciting to see how they handle the the upcoming um, problems they might run into. You know, they didn't, they haven't been a successful team on the field, minus the Open Cup last year when they had the great run. Um, seeing the true supporters culture come out, um, it, it should be fun in the next year, year and a half, two years to see how to see the different. It's, it's going to be a different landscape in Ohio. I feel like. I mean, FC Cincinnati still yet to prove themselves in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean. This Cincinnati team. sports not being good in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, no. Music to my ears should, uh, as a Steeler fan. <laughs> let's not talk about that um, That Sunday where both Cincy and Xavier went I'm down. I'm staying out of this. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I, I just remember going into the store, and Cincinnati was up, what, 10, 12 at the half? Mm-hmm. And it might have been up more, 22, 22 in the second half, right? And then Nevada came back, Nevada came back and um, – yeah, I, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I had UC in my championship game, there the, the one bracket that I made. So to say I was disappointed you know, kind fu- of rings true, but seeing Cincinnati sports like Well, that. you know, the funny thing was it was kind of like Star Wars. You know, I felt like a great disturbance in the forest of brackets being shattered all over the place. <laughs> you know, just brackets have been off the Yeah, Thanks, UMBC. Thanks yeah. for your 16-1 upset. Loyola's yeah. in the Elite Eight. Yeah. You know, why couldn't Loyola <laughs> Chicago be this good when they were in the Horizon League when I was in school? They were always kind of like middle of the pack, maybe. Their highest finish was like third. And <laughs> now they're in the Missouri, and they're just taking off after Wichita State goes in Cincinnati's league and just... Recruiting, yeah. recruiting, recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Horizon League did have Butler, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now they're in the Big East 2.0, which right. is yes. weird to think. Yeah. Atlantic 10 had them for a year, too. Yeah, yeah they bit. did. A little bit. So, yeah. I just remember when Butler was in the A-10... 
and we, the Flyers, hosted them for a conference series. They still had the lineup sheets that said Horizon League on them. Like, <laughs> I know you're not planning on staying in the A10 too long, but um, these still say Horizon League. I mean, come on. Um, no disrespect, Butler. No disrespect. I now like to talk about the future of sports. I like to start with Dayton because we root for Dayton sports here. We love Dayton, Ohio. With the Dynamo wanting to go pro, what do you think 2019 will bring to the table? 2019 is going to be really exciting because there's a lot of talk about actually bringing, you know, an, an open pyramid in at some at some level i know i've worked with some people and i can't really talk about it yet but i've been working with somebody with a potential plan i know there's other people working with really strong plans and it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together because it is it, it all comes down to grassroots soccer you know you can have 24 teams in mls in the biggest cities but even looking at those cities you know houston has some like they have a handful of like low level teams in the npsl and the upsl mm-hmm. New York is just flooded with teams, even in upstate New York, Buffalo. They have a league with promotion relegation. Minnesota's got teams. Uh, It's not just the MLS teams that you see at at face value. There's a lot more behind the culture there than just those 24 entities. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's exciting to see how this is all developing. And the sport is here in the United States, it's screaming for – First organization and second, uh, a way to develop. And for smaller clubs, it's just been it's been hard because you got players and you got clubs that want to take it to the next level. But you know, here it's like an act of Congress more than it is than just a natural flow of things. And I have a feeling within the next, maybe not not just next year, but probably in the next few years, you're going to see um, real change happening. Um, I think it, it demands it right now. I mean, uh, with the circumstances na- uh, nationally and internationally, as well as just the growth overall, I think you know when you tally up the number of clubs, not just in Ohio but also nationwide, it is so wide and so big right there that there has to be it has to be an outlet and there has to be something to um, capture it. Um, they've always said that soccer is the people's sport, and I always believed that. Um, and I think the people will drive it um, more than, you know, the marketplace and the business side. And usually the people went out in the end. You know, you got to listen to what the fans are saying, the supporters are saying. Um, they drive the market. They drive the sport. So I think that's going to be key that their voice gets to be heard. Yeah, I think that soccer is on the verge of some major changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting in the next few years. It's I think it kind of depends on basically who can get control as it's kind of an unstable state right now as far as with leadership and such. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that there's certainly some real potential Mm -hmm. for some exciting things. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been potential here for so long, but I think it's it's finally, you know, it's breaking through what it – could possibly be you know we've got a team in nebraska now yeah who's got great support <laughs> a team in providence rhode island you know gaining that support from people across the country um if that's not supporting a local business i mean i don't know what is soccer right. is supposed to be you know the people's game right um 
bringing in. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, the United States is unique in a way because of the mass of states as well as land there. And like you said, you know, Nebraska, wow, out of nowhere, you know, came, you know, here's a club there. But, I mean, there are other clubs, too. I've had the chance to talk to some people, um, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas. Like you said, Chattanooga has a great, great club, and um, they've been growing it in the south, the south. You know, the home of SEC, the home of, you know, college football. The South is a soccer hotbed, man. Yeah. Give, and, give us some time. It's going to oh, be it, it's huge. There. It's getting there. And and that's the thing. That is that is the overall thing. It's an exciting time. Uh, yeah, there are times in which, you know, we're at loggerheads with each other as well as loggerheads with uh, the way things develop. But I think overall, I think um, what was fostered in the past, you tip your hat off to but the hunger of the future is speaking out, and they're saying, we got to do better than this. we got to build from this. We can't continue this. I mean, I think most listeners think that soccer just started in the 90s. No, it's mm. been around for over 100 years. It's been a part of the American fabric for over 100 years. The old NASL, dear God, legendary of what they did. And we're just carrying the torch along with it in hopes that future generations will catch on with the sport and find out how incredibly exciting it is for 90 minutes and, um, you know, be able to take it to the next level. You know, it's it's a shame that with how long soccer's been around in this country that it's still broken with all of the sports that have taken off. You have football being huge, basketball being huge, and you see all these other sports succeeding for, you know, 100 years Mm -hmm. and then having sports with soccer, having, you know, it's it just hasn't, it has the potential, but it's always had the potential. And when does it actually, you know, become a staple? And I think it's finally that time. Yeah. It's a beautiful sport, too. I mean, and you guys mentioned that some people think soccer was just born. No. I mean, you look at the history of soccer here in Dayton. I mean, you've had Dayton and Wright State mm-hmm. since, you know, a long time ago. Wright State since the 70s. You've had the Dayton Dynamo 1.0, which is indoor soccer, which is a little different of a breed than outdoor soccer. And sure. let, me, let me throw out this history lesson here, too, because I dug it up, and I was like, oh, my God, really? Um, back when NCR was around um, in the early part of the 20th century, mm-hmm. uh, the employees would um, – they actually had, like, uh, company teams. And NCR would play teams down in Cincinnati and in Kentucky and Indiana. And these were mostly immigrants who came, you know, who already knew the game, coming together and playing it. And they did this from, like, um, around, um, I want to say, 1915, 1918, through uh, right when uh, FDR came into being and uh, that kind of folded or whatever. But, like, I mean, that blew my mind right there, just the fact that, you know, that far back that you had people who loved the game who, you know, they had leagues and they played and, um, you know, those were like the real founding groundworks um, for the game here in this area. So, um, you know, this isn't some new thing that's just, you know, oh, well, you know, when did this pop up? No, it's it's been around for a while. And uh, we're just trying to foster a plant that needs to take root and basically grow beyond its means. I mean, one of the Dynamo opponents, the Fort Wayne Sport Club, reading on their history. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, reading on the history of that club, they mentioned that they were formed by, I think, German, maybe Irish immigrants coming mm-hmm. into Fort Wayne and 
that's how they started. Mm-hmm. That's why they have that big complex with like seven soccer fields, just yeah. because hey, you know, they want something to do, and here yeah. comes soccer. So yeah. I know it's not Sunday, but it's you know, <laughs> it's soccer history. That's right. what I like. Okay, so right now I'm going to ask you three a question. Okay. Here are some keys. Pretend these are keys to the dynamo. <laughs> uh, we do it all on this podcast, okay. uh, which is episode 35 of the gem on the Queen's Crown, by the way. Uh, keys to the dynamo. I'm giving you free reign. And what would you want to see for the dynamo to start pro? Where do you want to see a stadium? What do you want to see? Anything's open. <laughs> Last time I was here at the, the Yellow Cab, I, what's his name that's usually here? Oh, shoot. I, the guy Mark. that's usually, what's his name? I think it's Mark. Mark, Mark. I think it's his name. Uh, Mark, he was joking about, put a, put a team right across the street at that old warehouse. <laughs> Buy that plot of land, put a little stadium there. It'll be great for my business. It's right by the Oregon. And, you know, he was joking at the time. That'd be a pretty good spot if they can fit it in there. Um, I'd love to see something, you know, on the river. Would look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um Having the, like Indianapolis, having the opportunity to leave a sporting game and then having everything right there, you know, go, go for a drink, get some dinner, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to do right in front of you, right, right when you leave the game, I think that's, that's something that really needs to happen. Um, with the Oregon being right here, if they can fit something over here, that would be a pretty great spot, I think. You know, probably the most historical part of the town. If you can put a stadium there and kind of link it up with that community, mm-hmm. that would be pretty special. Ooh. I don't know anything about planning, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, planning-wise, as far as building a stadium, I don't know. I've, 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 I've tooled it around different places, and every time I, like, pointed, well, that would be great. Somebody's already building on top of it. So it's like, oh, you're killing me. And then they're building um, condos um, all around, so there's all that space going there. Yeah. I always thought near around Mendelssohn's, you know, build up that complex there um, next to uh, Fifth Third Field. Yeah. And, like, you know, just around that, re- you know, I, I, I know there's a company that's already gone that uh, used to be there before, and it moved uh, not too far from there. And, you know, you could pretty much expand that whole area and make it into a whole stadium. You know, you got bricks nearby. You've got a couple of new breweries. Uh, Canal Street Taverns got their thing going on yeah. there. Plus, you'd be right by the Dragon Stadium. Exactly. So, talking yeah. about a sports hub, there yeah. you go. You know, just build a whole little sports entity there where you have, you know, uh, a good thing between spring and summer and fall uh, to um, fill that spot in there. Just imagine going to a doubleheader. Oh, yeah. You go to a Dragons game at 1 o'clock. Finish the game up, go to a soccer game in the evening. There you go. And yeah. then go over for for dinner or whatever. That'd be a beautiful thing. That just and that would just really boost that whole area big time, uh, so far as uh doing that. Plus promotion, promotion, promotion. If there's anything, I would love to see um that kind of promotion for the dynamo. I'll be mm-hmm. doing that heavily. I still remember one of the best promotions I think I've ever seen in this state was when the Blue Jackets first came in. And I remember they had like a half an hour thing. And at the time when I was following hockey, I was following um, uh, the Flyers, uh, Detroit, uh, not Flyers, but Detroit Red Wings, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And they did like a half an hour thing, and they said, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup. And you got excited, and they said, this is why we're putting this team here in Columbus. I'd love to see that here in Dayton. 
you know, to explain the history. You know, it's like soccer, soccer. You don't understand. It's been a part of Dayton. And right. It's been a part of our world culture. It's like you have a connection between us and the world, mm-hmm. and this is where it starts at. You know, what what a t- yeah. that would be just great. So that would be my thing. Promotion. Oh. Promote the heck out of it. Yeah, I agree with promotion. Um, you know, you look at FC Cincinnati. They they were able to promote that team to where there was an excitement about the team six months before they ever took the field. Yes. And, you know, I would love to see that kind of publicity and promotion and build that excitement for the team so that they can the community knows it's there, the community gets excited about it. Um, I agree with you about the stadium. I, I think that it, either Oregon District or downtown would be great, somewhere where there's something to do afterwards. Um, you know, Glass Stadium was great, was great, but there, there's not much around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, you, you know, uh, if you're drinking at the game, there's, you can't just go to, straight to a bar. You'd have to, like, get a cab somewhere. Right. You can't drive if you're too bad or whatever. Um, so grassroots, you know, you're talking about promotion. I think, you know, the Dynamo's biggest weakness so far has been they don't really promote anywhere besides social media. Right. You know, I, I never once heard of an ad anywhere on, like, a billboard or posters around town. You know, they had the, the Dayton Beer Co., but you're getting that community, and that's really it. And right. now here, hopefully people that come in here catch the drift of that. But, uh you know, promoting your your team is the biggest way you're going to get people to come to see your team, um, and if they're not doing that, that's that's a big issue, uh, which they really haven't done much of since they they came here, really. So, a, a stadium in a good place, promoting around, you know, not just downtown, inner city Dayton, get get out to the suburbs, get out to you know Springfield, get out closer to Wright State, go go to where the people are. You know, people like soccer in Dayton, and it just like you know the soccer scenes exploding throughout the country hasn't quite yet here, and I think we're close to that if they play their cards right. Now, in terms of a league for Dayton to call home, what do you guys want to see for the Dynamo? I know if <laughs> if there's any spoilers, you don't have to let them out, but you know. What, um, what do you want to see in terms of competition, like so, away matches? So the the way that they left, you know, to go pro this past year, it's like the worst possible timing because of how crazy the structure is right now with, you know, Nisa's trying to start. I don't really see it succeeding um, anymore after the whole Akron thing. Um, their new team they started they they announced that league and then they kind of pulled back and say we're going to play in the NPSL instead because the ideas that we aligned with with them aren't really what we thought is what is what they were saying at least you know I don't know the details of that but that that's all I know about that yeah. so taking taking this year off without really any um, any vision of what the plan is is scary um, you know USL D, Division three is just starting up, and it's probably the safer bet um, compared to Nisa, who they've been around for a year now probably already. Right. And, you know, Peter Wilt has been trying for a while to get something going, and it just hasn't yet. So yeah. that that's a scary thought. Um, so I think USL D3, are, that, that's probably our best bet. If we were in USL, you know, we'd be playing FC Cincinnati. It'd be hard to outdraw them. You know, people in Dayton that already like them, 
I think staying out of their league to grow is probably better. So I'd say USL Division Three would be our best bet. I, I concur. I <clears throat> and you know a lot of that has to do with um, you know what was it one of the first teams I think what was it Green is it Greensburg or Greenville Greenville, Greenville, Greenville South yeah. Carolina yeah okay and this is good because it's like you got you got I see at least with that as a start of a pattern you got cities that are comparable to uh, Dayton's population um, you know you got a group you got a city that you know the sport has taken hold of. You know, they're not quite Cincinnati, they're not quite Columbus or Indy, but they have a good size in which you can really build something there and, you know, lay down the foundation for it. So I'm kind of excited to see if this league, you know, who else they add on to, and I'm sure we'll get um, information within the coming weeks and months. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I have to concur with Ty. I think if it, if it came down to it, I would have no heartbeat in the world, uh, heartbra- um, heartburn in the world. Uh, if we end up landing in that league. Yeah, I think um, when NISA was first announced, we were all excited and Mm -hmm. we wanted that to be the destination. But NISA, after their first few um, thing announcements and such, they've really kind of stopped communicating and everything. I mean, they were supposed to start in the spring of this year and never even... um, filed for the d3 status or anything um so and it just seems like they've lost a lot of their momentum so mm-hmm. i think that the usl d3 is probably where we're hoping for at this point and let's and let's be fair i think part of it is you know the elections that just happened uh, about a month ago um, as well as, you know, not sure what NASL and their future right now, that kind of get got held up in court. Mm-hmm. So there was a combination of things, you know, and, you know, I'm not taking away any blame on, NI, uh, on NISA itself, but I think those were a couple of factors that they were waiting for some sort of resolution. So right. I think with the, uh, with the momentum they had, probably should have taken more advantage of that. You know, I think Chattanooga was supposed to be their team, and I'm, I'm sure they're still committed as long as the league happens, that's the league they'll go to. Um, but, you know, with all the time they've had and with the opportunity that they've had, you know, getting teams on the field should be the number one priority, and that just hasn't happened. Right. right. Um, now, for the league, USLD3 should be stable. Um, so supporting your club more than supporting the league is the biggest thing, you know. Um, if they want to go USLD3, go USLD3. You know, you we will be behind the Dynamo no matter where they play. Right. Um, let's get that. Let's let's get that point across. Exactly. Because, yes, you know, exactly. The league can be whatever it is. You know, the MPSL was crazy. We weren't knowing the schedule until you know, like a month and a half <laughs> before the, the season goes. Yeah. But supporting the Dayton Dynamo is our number one priority, uh, regardless of who they're playing and what league it is. And I also like USL D3, too, just because USL's been in D3 mm-hmm. when they were USL mm-hmm. pro soccer right. and, you know, the Dayton Dutch Lions were yeah. in town. I mean, they have experience in the Division Three level. And who knows? I mean, with the D2, D3, I know, Ed, you're very passionate about this <laughs> subject, and I have it written down on here. Yeah, of course. We're, and we'll probably, we'll probably touch on that. We'll go ahead and touch on that right now. Okay. Pro and REL in the United States. I mean – did you see the USL do D2, D3 drop, or do um, you just see it kind of like concrete? You're in D2 no matter how bad you do, and you're in D3 even though you clean sweep your plate. In the one or two years that I've been vocal on t- Twitter about this subject, I am not going to lie. I, I've, I've seen it bounce one way or the other. 
um, good arguments on, on both sides or whatever. And I, I kind of compare it to how, you know, the whole debate about health care is, you know, yeah. um, in a way, just how we as a country just kind of clash heads at loggerheads as to what we got to do. My thing anymore now is let's get to the table. Let's stop name-calling each other. Let's get something that is agreeable for everybody. Um, we're going to have to lay down a cornerstone and build on it as we progress from there, something that I think all parties can agree with. And I think it also means that a lot of the people that are running the leagues are going to have to put ego aside and basically think of the bottom line, which is how do we develop the sport so that we do become, you know, not just one league, but all the leagues, a functioning um, organism of soccer for our country. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to harp on all the uh, negatives and everything because I think it's been harped on more than anything else. I think that what it comes down to it is that we got to find a way in order to make that happen. Now, they just had a meeting in Chattanooga last weekend um, with interested parties, mostly grassroots uh, soccer clubs from around the country, and they've at least got the conversation started. So that's encouraging. Uh, being sport this past week probably put out, without a doubt, out of all the sports networks, something that has been needed for a long time, an actual conversation about the uh, hot topics about soccer. And I commend them for at least getting the conversation started more than Fox or ESPN. And, I mean, that's what's going to be needed, too, that public figures get to at least spend some time, 20 minutes, more than 20 minutes if need be, to really talk about these issues to begin with. But bottom line, we got to at least get a cornerstone. Whether MLS or USL wants to be a part of it, that's up for debate or whatever. Uh, whether the Federation wants to institute it or not, that's up for debate, and that's going to have to be a longer battle. But, I mean, bottom line, we got to put something together because, like you know, Ty said and what we all know, what Brad said and what we all know, we have a fragmented um, 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 infrastructure so far as soccer is concerned. And that's not helping the players, it's not helping the sport, and it's not helping everybody in be to begin with. So, yeah, I'll be still vocal <laughs> in that respect, but um, um, maybe with some uh, newer eyes and, you know, not beating up, you know, MLS fans. If you're an MLS fan, you know, be an MLS fan. That's fine. USL, whatever. But yeah. you know what? Bottom line, if we can all agree on one thing, we want to see the sport grow. Now, uh, you mentioned MLS there at the end of that. Um, I think the most important thing is supporting your team. Right. So if right. you've been a, if you've been like if you've been a Minnesota United fan for years and they just happen to go to MLS, support your team. Support your team. Um, if you've been a Revolution fan since they started in the '90s, support your team. Right. Um, the whole grassroots thing isn't to say leave your MLS team to support, like leave the crew and come support the Dynamo. Right. It's saying support the crew because you support the crew. If you want to come to Dayton and watch games like Tyler is. Then, yeah, uh, different Tyler, not me. Uh, <laughs> now, with promotion and relegation, I think we're a lot closer than it seems to, to linking up, you know, amateur to semi-pro to potentially pro. Um, I know the plan that I'm helping work with wants to um, have USASA, the United States Adult Soccer Association, their teams, if, they're, if they've been good for a while, kind of like, uh, like Christos FC right, in Maryland, right. if they've been good for forever and they're winning a bunch of championships every year and they're just too good for the competition, they deserve to have a, you know, a, a fighting spot. chance yeah. in, a, in a higher up league uh, if they can afford to travel. You know? um, 
a lot of the trouble with promotion relegation is there's a lot of teams and there's a plethora of talent in the amateur, you know, the amateur scene of soccer. But if, you know, if the team can't travel from D.C. to New York one weekend and come back and play in Baltimore the next weekend, you know, that that's an issue too. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of small moving parts that need to be, you know, set into place uh, with different rules and regulations. But I, I do think that we're very close to seeing some sort of partnerships, you know, the UPSL. Uh, the United, yeah. what's it? The United Premier Soccer League. Yes, um, they're a uh, lot closer, I think, than any of the leagues combined. Well, they already have promotion relegation right, in the structure. Right. Uh, Colorado just added a third tier. So yeah, that's have, right. Colorado that's right. has three tiers. Uh, the guy I'm I'm trying to to work with is Paul Lapointe. He's the Northeast Conference Manager for uh, the UPSL. Um, you know, there's a there's a he's been in soccer for 30 plus years. Right. There's a lot of potential here um, for for a lot of growth. Um, of the structures that we kind of want to see, it's just all, it all depends on you know that, that Chattanooga meeting that they had. Uh, the, the Armada owner has been very vocal about um, helping. You know he's got deep pockets. Let's see, let's see what can happen with anybody really. Um, it, now more than ever, we're seeing people step up and bring ideas to the table, and I think that's very important to the growth of the game here with promotion relegation. Now I don't think MLS will ever. Uh, it'll yeah. never happen with them. I don't think unless you know changes happen at the top of that league and the way that, you know, U.S. soccer is run. But if history in the, in the United States tells us anything, you know, the same person who was instrumental in bringing the MLS together, uh, Lamar Hunt, this is the same person that uh, started the American Football League. And this was at a time when the NFL was basically the only kids on the block. Now, I, I challenge, if you ever get to see the special on NFL Network about that, it's a great history. Because for a while, um, their league was basically stealing their cookies from the NFL because they, you know, they offered a better sport. You know, there was there was stuff that they were doing that the uh, NFL was not doing, and they were drawing viewers away. And then, you know, it was just a matter of time before both leagues started merging together. You know, Cincinnati, New England, Buffalo, none of those teams would have been a part of today's NFL if not for somebody having the foresight to do that. So, I mean, the structure is there. I've seen at least. I swear, at least maybe up to 20 different plans of how to stretch, structure the region as to how to make it all work. Um, I've seen countless plans, countless debates, countless things of able, able to do that. You know, And I think the good thing about it is the hunger is there to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so long as it's there, uh, we can't just turn a blind eye to it. we got to at least make our voices known. You know, I'm, 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 I got a big mouth half the time to begin with. So, you know, if whatever I can say or do to help facilitate the conversation, then more power to it and we'll keep doing it until, you know, we do that. And let's keep in mind, too, this isn't just about our own selfish, not selfish, but our own pleasure of, hey, we got a game to go to. We're talking about our kids. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the future of our sport. You know, we're making this happen so that 20, 30 years there, you know, it's kind of like Moses. I might not be able to cross into the promised land, but I'll at least get you there so that once you cross over, you remember where you had to go through in order to get to where you need to do that. So um, that's how I kind of look at it anymore. I may not get to see the final structure, but let our kids be the ones to benefit what we are doing right here. A lot of uh, a lot of that you see with, you know, the kids at the Dynamo games already, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Bill's kid. Has been oh, yeah, done, like yeah. every home game whenever oh they come. Uh, so you know, <laughs> those kids are sick with soccer yeah. when they're asked. You know, when they're in high school, 
how'd you get into soccer? They can, they might say, well, I went to all the home games in 2016, Dynamo's first season here, and now they're in their 20th year or, or yep. whatever it, it might be. So the potential for that is amazing too to see, you know, people, right. Reds fans, generation by generation, sticking with that team somehow. Um, from a young age, having those memories their entire life. For me, that's going to be the Dynamo in you know 40 years. If as, as long as they're around, I'll be here to watch them. So, um, having the you know generation by generation now, hey, these kids have all been going to games for 20 years now, their entire life. It it's very possible to see that happen in any atmosphere with soccer here, and that need you know having closed systems like it is hurts that chance a lot of happening. You know. P- Cosmos fans probably in the in the 70s feel the same, mm-hmm. and so growing up, if you went to Cosmo games and now you're 50 years old in New York, still the Cosmos are back, and you you kind of have that connection. It's got to be special for some people. Um, now Fort Lauderdale fans, same thing. 50 or how I don't know, 30 years ago. I don't know in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in the 70s. Way long ago. <laughs> yeah, I was I wasn't around back there. Back in the day. Yeah. So I had a know. fro back then. So they got, <laughs> yeah, got nothing up there now. They got nothing now. So uh, got. seeing Fort Lauderdale fans, the same type kind of thing happened when the NASL came back in you know 2010 or 2011. One of those, um, the the strikers came back too with that, and now they're gone again. So yeah. not only once but twice for people that. Remember the strikers in Fort Lauderdale that went to games then and went to games now. Now they're gone a second time. Yeah, I, I went to some um, Dynamo indoor games back in the day. Yeah. And so when the team came back this time, there was that connection, mm-hmm. that excitement that I felt because of the um, get team back then and having this um, same name as the team that I grew up mm-hmm. watching. And having some of their T-shirts uh, this past year, having the old logo and the, with the the blue and the black right. colors now, yeah. and then you know uh, the throwback jersey they did their first season was white with red stripes, mimicking that the original mm-hmm. home jersey from back then. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's that connection alone, I think, uh, helps grow the sport in any town, uh, especially Dayton, yeah. uh, with the Dynamo resonating. That's the whole reason they're named the Dynamo um, when they when they announced it. Uh, it's because they wanted that. That when they asked people about soccer, it was oh the Dynamo like that's my link to soccer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably has the longest run in soccer in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, I mean I know the Dynamo bounced a couple places, Hera, then the Nutter, mm-hmm. which I couldn't believe that Nutter Center was not just the home of Wright State basketball back then too. Yeah, I mean right. the Bombers moved there in the mid '90s, but mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see the Dynamo, you know call Wright State home for a couple yeah, of seasons. Right. Then it was the convention center, yes, and the then it was uh, yeah. Cincinnati Silverbacks in mm-hmm. a couple of years, and right. yep. done. Mm-hmm. Type so. of thing. I could pick your brain about, you know, <laughs> some <laughs> memories about. <laughs> which uh, which venue did you visit the most for D- Dynamo Indoor Soccer? Um, it was when they were mainly at the Nutter Centers when mm-hmm. I went to most of them. Oh, wow. Man, I, I can only imagine that. Mm-hmm. You know, got a brand new building, you get to see indoor soccer. I wish indoor soccer was more more of a thing around here, but the problem is there's not a lot of venues that can right, host it. Right. Uh, if you're taking, if you're putting it on top of an ice hockey rink, then there's a lot of ice hockey teams that call home, so good luck getting space. Well, I think, too, you know, uh, when you talk about indoor soccer, I keep, uh, futsal 
which is yeah, you futsal. know, um, I sat down and watched the like the Euros, the Euro Championship, but futsal is starting to make a big in inroad as well too, um, and I'm. You know, I, I don't have the funds or anything to start one, but if we ever did, I would love to see a futsal um, club start here in Dayton. It would be something that we it would probably, um, I think, would thrive and would actually touch base there um, in a lot of ways. Actually, at South Metro Sports, they have uh, CUSA because really? they have the crew callers in there, and there's uh, oh, okay. four four places that's how i know about futsal okay, just okay, like you just okay. see it it's it's kind of like indoor soccer but you don't have the boards to bounce off of right. and you do have out of bounds but um it's closer to outdoor soccer than indoor soccer i don't yeah, know yeah it just happens sense. to be yeah. indoors yeah. yeah to me as a you know as a basket you know former basketball player it's like basketball with your feet yeah. And it's just, you know, you could play a pickup game of futsal anywhere if you had the court ready for it. So, Pretty much. you know, yeah, that, that's how I kind of relate to it in that way. And the turnout that they get for futsal at South Metro Sportsplex, it's pretty Producer, nice yeah. and we need to get it, out there and exactly the really <laughs> it's tough when you have hockey and uh there's futsal going on because there's not a lot of parking at yeah, the um, lot but wow. just to see that other side of the place full and it's futsal wow. it's it's wow. beautiful nice now if the crew do move out of ohio i don't know what happens with anything Ooh. i was i was pondering that myself yeah. but I think that's the next question I want to ask you guys. Uh, we talked about the future of Dayton, what we'd like to see. What about the future of FC Cincinnati and the Columbus Crew? I, I know, I know what Tyler said. You know, <laughs> the West End issues really interesting because I thought it was dead, and then apparently it's Back kind life. of by life support. I, yeah. I don't know. I oh. Fun. See, at this least with yeah, with, <laughs> with, with Cincinnati, and I've, I've I've driven there for years and everything like that. There's enough space around there to find at least something to go with it. Yeah. If it was up to me, honestly, I'd stay at UC. I mean, it's a great venue. Yes, and you've got places to go or whatever. If you want to, like you know, build up security, you can do that or whatever. But I, I think that's a great atmosphere. Uh, uh, Nippert Stadium is a great atmosphere, in my opinion. It'll be hard to uh, to replicate exactly how it has been at Nippert right. with an entirely different setting. Yeah, and but, that's and that's that's the thing I worry about. Will it detract from that excitement at Nippert Stadium? But the only problem with Nippert is MLS is like, I don't like Nippert. I, I, I want soccer I only. I know. I mean, yeah. I like Nippert. I yeah. think that's beautiful. It's a fair can. argument, though, to say you're a professional team, build a stadium. But you know? it, it's kind of, yeah. I don't uh, quite understand the MLS regulations because they just added uh, Atlanta United, who plays in the Falcons stadium. Right. Yeah. The, the only it's, problem is Blank owns both of those franchises. Mm, right. And since it's such a brand new stadium, I it's, think The same okay thing with it. the New England Revolution, the Kraft right. zone that team. Like mm-hmm. It's kind of like their side thing. But right. They don't really care about it enough to build a stadium, but they're, right. they're still playing in that same home as the Patriots. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Kraft is you know, arguably one of the best NFL owners, but the his worst. revolution yeah. is the worst? Yeah, yeah he's really bad at it. I mean, okay, first of all, putting a stadium in Boston and getting around Boston. I've never been to Boston, but I had a teacher in high school who was from Boston. Mm-hmm. She said it was the worst place to drive anywhere. Like, it could take an hour, hour and a half to get from, you know, one side of the city to another. So wow. putting putting a stadium in Boston is, it can't be the easiest thing. You know, mm-hmm. the Red Sox have been at Fenway for 100 years, probably for a reason. 
because it's hard to to put put a new stadium somewhere and then ha- have people be able to get there right. in a, in an efficient way. Yeah. The Patriots being in Foxborough outside of Boston, I mean, there should be more effort definitely to get them out of that stadium so it's not 15,000 people in a 60,000 seat stadium. Yeah. But I mean, Kraft has just been bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes beyond just the stadium, too. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the um, franchise as a whole. That logo is it's probably so the bad. most outdated logo. <laughs> I, I do great like the, the logo, 90s. but... Mm, yeah, great, for great for the early yeah. 90s when they started. Terrible for, yeah. you know, now. I've seen all yeah. kinds of concept ideas. People make yeah. designs of new logos for the revolution. All of them are better than the Crayola stripes they have. Exactly. Yeah. Now, back to your question about UC. Here's, here's the thing about the future. Uh, I have, you know, stadium aside, fan-wise, I have no... I have no problem in saying that that club will be around for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, just last year, with you know that you know that U.S. Open Cup run, that was some of the most thrilling soccer mm-hmm. we've seen on these shores in quite a while. I, I went to a game, even yeah, uh, the Red Bulls game they had when they should have won, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, but I mean, I have no. There's no doubt Cincinnati will be around, and I think once they get settled, and once they, you know, if they get to be MLS, great. If not, you know, I'm sure they'll survive that, and they'll they'll make do with what they got. Um, now, Columbus, that's a touchy one because it's like I'm hoping for the best. I but, I, but i got to be, you know, I'm, I'm always half glass, but i got to be realistic too. Um, Precourt, uh, Anthony Precourt has put that entire club and the entire city in a bad hurt. And as somebody who has already been through one club that has been taken away, it breaks my heart having to sit there and go through it a second time in my lifetime. It was painful then, and it's painful now. And these are some of the most proudest people you want to meet who love this club, who value this club. I've met fans there who have been there day one, year one, seat one at Ohio Stadium, and still, after all these years, are going. And just the impact, if that would happen, that he actually takes it out there, isn't just going to be a Columbus thing. It's all we're already seeing the rumblings already with the MLS taking a hit in ratings, taking a hit in attendance, uh, except for you know some of the newer clubs as well as some of the stalwarts. Yeah, it'll wear off. I mean, it might wear off, but I also think it's going to leave a real bad taste in a lot of people's mm-hmm. mouths. Um, that's a charter franchise. You're yeah, trying and to that's move, the thing. That's. That, um, I, I'll never forget MLS Cup when the crew hosted Portland, and right. I got I got a ticket in the upper part of Maffrey, right behind the Nordic. Hmm. And uh, the guy I sat next to, the two, it was either the guy or the two guys. They had been season ticket members, like they were like the first hundred people wow. to buy season tickets, and they're here at MLS Cup twenty years later. Um, I remember he said that he housed one of the initial players from the, for the first couple seasons, Cunningham really? for the crew. Yeah, okay. he he, oh, yeah. he housed Jamie him. Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, he housed him because here. he was from a different place, so he needed somewhere to live to play for the crew in the first yeah. place. So he let him stay in his house. So the grassroots movement in Columbus that's starting to save the crew, but it's deeper than that. They've been grassroots since day one, literally mm-hmm. being the first team in the top division that we have right now. Right. So taking that, it's like they mess with the wrong organization, like the, the wrong city almost. Like if you take, if you did, if you tried this with Portland, it wouldn't work. If you tried it with Seattle, it wouldn't work. If you tried it with Minnesota, it, I mean, they they'd try, and yeah. it would. Uh, Columbus is the worst place you could have 
ever picked on to take this exactly. specific team out of exactly. this specific city. I don't even think there's the city picking on the city. I mean, you look at uh, MLS as a whole, there's um, been TIFOs from all over the Everywhere. place yes. for yes. the crew. Um, at the draft, um, Garber got drowned out by Save the Crew chants mm-hmm. from supporter groups from everywhere. I think that uh, MLS is starting to feel a little bit of the pressure from the league, uh, from the fans all over the league on this. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, at pre-court, um, all of the the behind-the-scenes stuff with that. They've been giving stuff away for free in Austin, trying to get people to support, and nobody really cares that much. Right. They have the the MLS to ATX movement down there. And even some of those people are saying, yeah, bring us a team to MLS, but we don't want it to be the crew. Right. You shouldn't do that. So even the person that is single-handedly trying to move this team to a new city, the people in that city don't really care for it to happen in the first place or to have it happen in the way it's happening. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it kind of reminds me of the movie Major League, you know, that one owner that just, you know, <laughs> wanted to. Sit wanted, down, Charlie. Exactly. Yeah. It just kind of feels like it in a, a surreal and yet uh, painful way. Um, like I said, I, I think it's the heat's going to come on probably as we get closer towards the end of the season. And I think if Precourt is a smart person, I would let go of that team and not be remembered like a Martin Scaretti or Scarelli, you know, and basically, you know, catching the ire of the entire because he's already caught the ire of everybody oh yeah and i mean he's he I, here's the thing it's like i don't know him personally but i never thought i would hate anybody more like i do art model and i thought that if he ever set foot in the state again i'd be the first to take him down to the three rivers <laughs> and drown him myself he's almost right there because now you're messing with my second team that gave me my passion for this game, that given me some great memories, that gave me some of the best people, some of them that are still friends on, online that I can still talk with. And you dare do this a second time in this state, good luck. You don't yeah. know the Buckeyes as well as what I do, and you're going to lose. I really don't think that the crew are going to leave. Um, you don't think so? With, you know, yeah. right at first, right after the, especially after the World Cup when we didn't qualify. That sucks, but then we're going to hear the crew are going to go. And at that point, when you're first hearing it, it's like, oh, they're gone. Like, right. that's there's nothing we can do. And then you see the incredible movement of all those fans down there. Yeah. You're not going to take this away from us without a fight. Um, I think what's going to happen is eventually he's going to realize he needs to cave. He needs to sell the team. Uh, he'll make a profit probably. From, I mean, he bought the team for $68 million instead of paying the $100 million expansion fee right. so he can move the team. Uh, I think he'll try to make a profit off the team, um, but he's gonna he's gonna be rude about it. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it'll. Ha- I think I think he'll sell it to the community or some local business that, have, that, that would they bring the money together. Yeah, that'd be the smart move. That'd be the smart move. Uh, yeah. The ideal thing I'd love to see is fan owned. If we could have a fan owned team in MLS, I think that's when we'd we'd really we'd really begin to see changes start being made across so. the country. I th- even no matter what happens with this outcome, I think that's going to be one on the table right there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because you know, no offense to billionaires, but you really don't know the game as much as the people do. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you're there because you got the cash, but you know, are you really, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what there. we're seeing again with the whole promotion relegation thing. You can have the money to implement the things, but if you don't know what you're doing, then it's not going to work. With kind of like Peter Wilt, you know, great yeah. guy, great intentions. He has the money to do it. Yeah. He, he's he's proven multiple times, you know, with different projects of his that 
it hasn't worked yet, you know, mm-hmm. and to with all of the opportunities in this country for different leagues and teams working out and they just don't, it's so many missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I couldn't stand is the media deal. The Columbus crew were on Fox Sports Ohio, and I thought that was the greatest thing. Great thing. Oh, yeah. You're on DirecTV. You're on Dish. You're on now Spectrum. And, and people that watch the Reds on Fox Sports Ohio, mm-hmm. they're going to see – yeah. You know, crew advertisements. Right. Hey, watch the crew here. That's mm-hmm. great because yeah. most people can get the channel. Yeah. The move over to Spectrum, oh it's ridiculous. Terrible. You are accessible for one thing, and that's Spectrum. Mm-hmm. If you got Dish or DirecTV. Sorry about your luck. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was the dumbest it's, thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's all part of his plan. I'm pre-court plan, surely, you know. Sorry yeah. Uh, all, all because the crew got upset because they had a game preempted for a Blue Jackets playoff game. That's what wow. set that whole thing in motion. Yeah. When do the Blue Jackets get to the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, and also, if you're complaining about losing a regular season game to a play, I don't really care what sport it is. If you have a playoff game, it should be on TV. Exactly. Yes. And it should be accessible to the local people. You know, when the Cavs are in the playoffs, those games are on TNT or on Fox Sports. Yeah, you know, you know uh, if the Reds ever, ever get back to the playoffs, I hope yeah. they. I really hope they do. Um, that's yeah, exactly. That'll be on. You know, the local channel gets the first bite at that. So, seeing thing exactly that thing happen, it's ridiculous right. to get right. upset about that. And I think all of it slowly has been a plan of pre-court getting out of getting out of Columbus. Uh, and the thing is, too, there's already intentions to get a USL team back to Austin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know Austin if it's going to be. Austin Aztecs. Uh, yeah, they, they failed yeah. a couple of years ago, and now they're yeah. trying, they want to build their own stadium. So now it's almost like they're a different entity. They're going to butt heads. Uh, and they, they've been waiting for the MLS thing to see what happens before they pull the trigger on the new stadium. And it, MLS just hadn't happened yet after so long, and they, they were like, we need, to, we need to start our team. And right. San Antonio's trying to get in the MLS, too. They're not going to be happy. I feel that. like yeah, okay. too many teams are so dead set on MLS. You see with, you know, North Carolina FC moved to USL, and then they were like, all right, now that we're out of NASL, let's go to MLS, you know. let's. The Phoenix team wanted to play MLS. They have a plan now to build a stadium to get to MLS. It's like, why are you so dead set on that league when it's, I mean, you've proven nothing, really. Yeah. We'll go win championships after championships in your league and then say, we're ready to do it. And, I mean, the Cosmos tried to do it uh, in NASL. They've won multiple times That's a crime in, the new NA- in the new NASL. And that whole league is falling apart because I mean, there's so much to talk about that. But yeah, uh, that's they'll never be an MLS. I mean, it just you're shooting in, like, it's a needle in a haystack. Like, hey, bring $150 million in and then we'll talk. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and, and San Antonio, when you t- talked about them, they've got a great club, and they've been around for years. And the they Scorpions, have, especially, and yeah, then the they Scorpion. got bought and moved. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Yeah, so I, I'm just kind of like, you want to bring something to Austin? Why? And you don't have the support before when you had a club? How are you going to have it's support like here? The pre-court thing is all backwards, you know. Yeah. If he was going to yeah. do it, survey the area, get, you know, <laughs> see if you can get, like, is there interest? How many people would buy season tickets? Exactly. Take a tally, you know. And to have zero plan, like they have a plan, but to have no, it's just it, it's bad how 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 awful it's been, you know, trying to get support for him. And it's sad to see all at the expense of Columbus with all of that happening in Austin with his plan falling apart, and then to see it at home, you know, attendance has gone up probably a little bit, not much, but to see the the whole the movement there with the fans, it's all poorly planned by him. I feel like, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I hope Pre-Gord falls on his face on this. Oh, I think yeah. he will. He will. I, I think, think so. And if not, I'll tell you what, he's got to live with the repercussions for years. Mm-hmm. For years. So that's that's a big thing right there for me. I forget which episode it was when I had Chad Hollingsworth on. I forget if it was 14 or 15, but mm-hmm. uh, he pretty much echoes that sentiment. Just like, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I got Ed, I got Tyler, I got Brad, and we're about ready to wrap up episode 35 of The Gem and the Queen's Crown. Uh, the next one I'd like to ask, uh, gentlemen, elevator pitch to people out there listening like, hey, this Gem City Squadron sounds neat. How can I be part of GCS? <laughs> well, first of all, I hope there are people like that that have been listening. You know, come, come join us. Come join us. Please. Um, We'll be watching games here at the Yellow Cab uh, as long as the Premier League's happening, which it's never going to stop. So every yeah. weekend, if there's a game, we'll probably be here. I won't be here. I'll be at school. But you better bet Ed will probably be here to see yeah. Man United play. And let, and let me tell you, this is a great venue to come here in the morning. They've been absolutely the, – the, the, the folks here have been absolutely great. The beer is local. The food's there. It's, a, it's great. We would love to see this build. And I, I have to hearken back to a story that somebody told me who used to work at the uh, my daytime business I used to work at. Um, he and his friends were Arsenal fans, would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, meet up at 6 to drive all the way down to Cincinnati to a bar so that they can watch Arsenal play like 7 in the morning or just spend the whole day and watch Premier League matches. And I'm like, that's insane. That's insane. So I'm really glad that the commitment here at the Yellow Cab um, – tavern um that they've been there and they've opened it up and you know you're seeing people come in i think the largest we've seen at one place was like uh 25 i think 20 25 maybe 30 and that's a great start we would love to see this become a venue in which you know you know during those mornings or whatever you want to see your favorite spot you know go to your favorite match or whatever you can come here and this is a place to foster it but you know Come on down, be a part of it, and uh, hopefully, I'm hoping that um, as we get into the year, like I said, you know, with the GCS tour and um, with the World Cup coming up too. Yeah, uh, World Cup is huge. There's zero doubt in my mind we'll be doing stuff for the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, if you like mm-hmm. soccer and you don't really know how to get involved, yes, we're how to get involved. Yes. <laughs> we are the way you get involved with soccer here in Dayton. Yes. Um, I mean, nobody else is. I mean, the Orange Legion tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I mean, obviously, if it's done now, it wasn't very successful. We've been around for a couple of years already. So, um, I mean, I'm 21 years old. I started it when I was 18. Wow. So, if you like soccer, it doesn't really matter how old you are. Um, you got a young guy like me. You got <laughs> you got slightly older Elders. gentlemen <laughs> like like, uh, like Ed and Brad here. Uh, and, I should know. I should put Tyler over towards the left, Ed towards the right, Brad in the middle. That, That'd be yeah. youngest, yeah. kind of old, yeah. oldest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm here with you geezers over here. Oh <laughs> uh, no, um, the whole thing was I I'll knew I'll put my Buckeye card <laughs> away. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I knew I was going to be the youngest guy, you know, starting the group. Uh, so I mean. You know, Brian is big with Nintendo and gaming, yes. so like I'm big with soccer and like uh, more sports culture. Ed is smart with everything. I feel like no, not really. Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got Matt Morris who is uh, into the rugby, and yes. I mean Brian starting a uh, an Aussie Rules football team. Uh, there's all kinds of people in this group and like i wouldn't trade them for the world like we could have a thousand people but if there was no connection it wasn't special right. like what's the point yeah. um that's that's the beauty of this group so like seeing bill bring his family to games and oh, then yeah. 
coming up to Detroit with us to watch a playoff game with all of them. You know, it really is special. Um, the, the things we're trying to do in the community, I mean, more people from the community can help us with that. Um, so if you're any race, any ethnicity, you know, anything. We need women. We, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, just a bunch of guys right now. Let's get anybody who is interested in soccer, anybody who's interested in dating sports. I mean, I encourage you to at least, like, talk to one of us. Like, we can give you the lowdown on what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, we've laid a lot of it out tonight. Yeah. Um, it's a special group, you know. Um, if you want to have a good time with good people, even without soccer this summer, like, we're here rec- recording a podcast for the fun of it, and we're having a blast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So just imagine, add yeah. beer to that. That's a plus. Add some I World Cup soccer beer, to that. So. Oh, you well, do? Yeah, Brad and Ed's already we're, had we're a, already. a glass. Not a lot, but, you know. No, it's just a glass. <laughs> it's just a glass. <laughs> I stuck with water this morning, but that's just my preference. That's so. true. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you wanted us to come on the show for a reason, you know. Uh, connection with you, connection with local sports in Dayton in the first place. You know, if you're into sports, if you're into soccer especially, but you don't even have to be that into soccer. Right. Um, we can ease you into that one as much as you want. Um, and you don't have to be an encyclopedia of sports. No. You come in, you no. know, you learn. You mm-hmm. know? And there's a lot of, you know, we went to Fazoli's those couple times in the, in the, uh, in the winter. <laughs> yeah, we tried to get Fazoli's to sponsor us, yeah. and we just went there nonstop for like a month. <laughs> they, they didn't really get back to us on that one. So wow. if we can stick with some local people, I mean, hey, maybe we can get sponsored by Fazoli's and get some, get some, get some gift cards up in here. Get, yeah. get sponsored by Mike Sells. There you go. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and, and what Ty said is, is, is flat out, you know, come. You know, this is, when we first started this off, I thought, you know, the five C's, club, let me get this Community. Right. Club, community, city, culture, and, and county. And that's what it really is about. You know, we could go to Columbus. We could go to Cincy or Indy. But our skyline, which is right outside of our door, uh, this door here, it's Dayton skyline. Um, the food we eat and, and the restaurants we know and the places we go as part of Dayton. You know, some of us have our kids going to schools in various areas. We, you know, we care about what's going on between within the Miami Valley area. And we know that soccer has had such a foothold in this region. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing. I mean, the Warrior Classic, which is by two or three miles from my house, brings out not just Dayton folks, but people from around the country and in very various parts of the world growing the next generation of soccer players. You know, we contribute to the game in one fashion or the other, and being a part of this is one way of doing it. You know, you put your money where your mouth is, is basically what, you know, Gem City Squadron's all about. You know, if you love the game and you want to support local, this is how you do it. This is how it is. You know, the, And if you aren't sure, give, I mean, talk to one of us. Come yeah. out, Come out and have a drink with us at the Dayton Beer Co. or here at the Yellow Cab, you know. Um, there's no there's no harm in trying something new. Yeah. And soccer is not boring. Trust me, it is not. Yeah, <laughs> if you're, if if you're if you're right next to the right next to the field for 90 minutes and you're not stopping the yelling, you know, there's no atmosphere like a soccer game. And then, hey, you're not going to be there for three and a half hours or four hours like a football game with yes. stoppages all the time. You're going to play for 45, 48 minutes, and you're going to have time for 15. Go to the bathroom, get a beer, come on back. 45, 48 more minutes, you're going to be loud and proud for for the rest of the half, and then you go home. Like, if it's 
Soccer is really great for people that don't want to spend much time at the game. At the, I mean, at the same time, I wish the games wouldn't end. But yeah, really. If, <laughs> if, it's, if it's your sort of thing to get in and out of a game, soccer is your best, your best bet, too. Yeah, I'd like to just kind of reiterate one thing that Ty kind of uh, touched on, which is um, it doesn't matter who you are. We're, you know, we, you, we, we have all kinds of backgrounds in mm-hmm. this group. You know, there's some of us who are computer programmers. We've got students. Mm-hmm. we got some more blue-collar people in the group. You know, you know we, we fly an LGBTQ flag at the matches, too. You know, like yeah. inclusion yep. is very special for the game of soccer in the Big first time. place. But. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. It's all kinds of backgrounds. You know, we make great friends. You know, like Ty said, you know, we hang out in the off season just because we like to get together. We're all we're all good friends in the group, and mm-hmm. you know, come join us and join our community. Yeah. Like for me, being a college kid, you know, starting a group, I knew I was going to be, uh, you know, talking with people who are probably older than me, um, different backgrounds, you know. I don't work like a a nine to five job or anything, you know, I'm still learning my trade and I'm a history major. So there's people Mm -hmm. of all kinds of backgrounds here, you know, and I never thought I'd be great friends with the people that came. I thought I'd be the guy who kind of started it. And then that would be that, you know, I I never really knew what to think of running a supporters group. And now, you know, going and hanging out with them for games on Saturday mornings when I'm home from school. um, I mean, you become close with the people here. um, And, I mean, you learn about their lives every single day, you know, in the group chats and all that. So, I mean, it, it's a special place if you want, if you, even if you just need friends. <laughs> if you need friends and you like soccer, jump to the squadron. We'll give you some friends because, you know, it's a tight-knit group. So bringing us all together from all the different backgrounds that we're from, it's, it's truly special. Yeah. I, 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 I plead you, give, you know, if you're, if you're into this sort of thing, no shame in reaching out. And if people want to reach out to the Jam City Squadron, what's the best way? Um, Twitter is probably the best way for me, at least. I mean, I, I run the Twitter page. Um, it's at Jam City Squadron. It's pretty straightforward how you spell that. Or you can search us on Facebook under the same name. Uh, Ed runs that page. Um, I'm at Ty Whistler. Take Twizzlers, the candy. Take <laughs> off the S, add a Y in there. If you need to talk to me about it, anything about getting involved, go ahead and message me. Um, message Ed at Dynamo Ed. Yep. Pretty straightforward, Dynamo, ED. And I'm at Brad Boldman. Yep. Can I just say, when I was setting this up and I was trying to message you, Tyler, I was like, why can't I find you on Twitter? It's like, oh, yeah, it's not just Tyler West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even my, even my email uh, when I made it in high school or middle school, it was 937-TY-WHISTLER. So whenever I'm at the bank or whatever, can, can I get your email? Yeah, 937. Nope, your email. Yeah, it's my email. <laughs> just stick with it. So I probably need to switch some stuff up. But uh, uh, if, you can, if, you, if you can find me on Twitter, that'd be cool. Send me a message. <laughs> Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for taking a couple of hours of your Saturday and chatting with me about Dayton sports here on the Gem of the Queen's Crown. For Ed Hooper, Tyler West, and Brad Bowman, this is Lee W. Mallon signing off. And we hope you enjoyed this episode, clocking in at one hour and 53 minutes. It's not bad. It's a very, very long episode. <laughs> not quite the longest, but Damn. it is up there. <laughs> That's it what I was gunning for. Second longest. That's fine. I mean, unless unless you guys have 25 more minutes to talk about. Oh, well, actually, uh, do you have any messages? Did anyone message? Any questions? Oh, um, I don't think so, actually. Um 
Double check, if, double check, real quick. Yeah, cool. uh, I don't think I have any questions. Let me check the Gem City Squadron Twitter page real quick. Um, yeah. You guys, you guys kept pushing out, you know, this week that we were doing this, and yeah. I can't thank you enough for that. Oh no, it's very and, and, and a lot of fun, absolutely a lot of fun, and glad we got the chance to sit down and do that. I'm just kind of filling in the dead. We don't want dead air, so there. No, no. This is, <laughs> hey, this is fine. If people, I mean, yeah, but no, it, it, it's it's been great. Um, and when we do come back, we hopefully will get back on there and we can actually talk about Dynamo soccer. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounds lovely. Something I do actually want to talk about. Uh, I didn't get any questions, sadly, but uh, just okay. just yesterday I started tweeting about an Ohio Challenge Cup for soccer. Oh, oh yeah, I, I forgot that. to write yeah. about yeah. that. Talk um, about that. So basically, you know, I don't have any money, so I can't run an organization. But if people who do have money want to reach out to me and we can plan a soccer league, let's do it. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, um, basically what I want to do is, you know, take the amateur teams and the the guy who runs uh, Club Toledo Soccer, which is an amateur team playing up in Toledo. It's not Toledo Villa in the UPSL. No, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, an, it's a Sunday league team, basically, right. uh, amateur guys. Um, he, the, the guy who runs that team reached out to me um, with some ideas to, to start an Ohio Challenge Cup. Uh, which I was tweeting about just the other day. Um, basically, it's like the U.S. Open Cup, but for Ohio. So what we want would be like if the crew want to be involved, maybe they send their under-23 guys like they do with uh, the games when they played the Dynamo last year. Uh, if FC Cincinnati wants to send their reserves in, even the playing field. I mean, in the the idea for me is it would be really cool in 20 years if this was like teams in Ohio want to win this. Um, to get that patch on their jersey, uh, mm-hmm. to say they they are the best team in Ohio for that year. Um, basically, it would be probably teams that are able to travel. Um, so the amateur teams that have the money to go from Toledo to Cincinnati for a weekend and play some games. Um, you know, bring the teams together, and you know the structure can be any like. There's many ideas that could be. You could have teams come together for a week, play a game on a Saturday, on a Wednesday, and then you're qualified for the next round, you know, um, bringing in the teams from the, from the amateur levels that can, that can do it would be fun. And then, you know, the, the more solidified teams and the NTSL and the UPSL, and then eventually up FC Cincinnati and the crew, it'd be pretty fun to see, you know, teams want to win this. And, you know, the amateur teams, the amateur teams would want to prove a point and they'd want to play the, the bigger teams. Uh, so it'd be pretty cool to see teams across the state, you know, building soccer culture together and the supporters, man, it'd be a, it'd be a blast going up to Cleveland for a weekend, and then you know hanging out with the Wampus guys, and then <laughs> going at them for ninety minutes, and then going home with a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, really flying. You know, there's a lot of heritage and a lot of pride in being Ohioan. If you can bring that into a single competition in Ohio and say who wants to be the best, go prove it. Right. That'd be pretty fun. So you know, trying to find people with, you know, the networking ability that I don't quite have because I'm a 21-year-old college kid. And I'm just thinking all the sponsorships, uh, the, the statewide sure. sponsorships that could get behind I think that. in, like, if this started in the next five years, I think in 20 years, this, if it's still around, it would be a huge oh, competition yeah. for the yeah. state. Yeah. Maybe not so much for the top teams, but I think the level would definitely improve throughout Ohio with, with the teams being able to play each other. Something to fight for. It'd be like true rivalries in soccer like you see in Portland and Seattle. Yep. Uh, or you see some in Michigan with Ann Arbor and Detroit and Grand Rapids. They have rivalries because they play each other constantly. We can, like you know, There's a lot of Ohio teams but they're spread out in different leagues. 
if we can bring them together, you know, if it's spread out, you play a game in May and then you play a game in June and then you have, like, the semifinal round and then a two-legged final, I feel like people, if it, especially for FC Cincinnati and crew fans, if they can say, hey, we're, there's a chance, like, if we're the top two teams in Ohio, if we can win our semifinal games, when we, like, we could play two games against each other every summer, let alone if we play each other in the Open Cup, that'd be a big rivalry, I feel like. And then, of course, you know, I'd want to see the Dynamo play the crew. Or oh, yes. stomp on yes. FC Cincinnati would be more than ideal, <laughs> but uh, I think I mean there there has to be some people interested in you know growing the sport in Ohio, so that's my little my little spiel about <laughs> that idea I had. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. I'm kind of angry at myself. I just thought about the saw, end. I saw that last night. It's like I know you retweeted I, it, but I love that thing, and I just I, I just great, forgot about it. Yeah. I think it's a good idea, but in practice, it would be hard to implement it into the like U.S. soccer is pretty congested with MLS schedule, mm-hmm. and then with USL having like 30 teams, so that's a lot of games throughout the summer, and yeah. then teams summer like you know amateur teams can probably play whenever, but then if you take like you know Cleveland FC or um, any other summer league team who have college players, they need to play in a certain spot. They have, like, three months. So if you can fit, like, if you can fit midweek games when teams don't have games, it can be very flexible to get teams to be able to travel. You know, if it's a Wednesday game, get Cleveland SC to go down to Akron and play a qualifier for an Ohio Cup. Yeah. I think it's doable. So, yeah, that, that's my idea. Yeah. I like that idea. I, think I really that's a do. Great one. I always kind of wanted to see. Did you see the article about how Chris Holtman of Ohio State wanted to have like an open, or not open, but an Ohio basketball tournament, like what's in Indiana For, with Notre Dame? Is it college? Okay, yeah, yeah be, that'd be, it would be college. Um, I would go to games at Miami if they ever came. Yeah, Miami's not very good at basketball. I mean, if you have college soccer like that, though, I mean, maybe have like regions, like who represents Dayton, who represents Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean. That'd be cool too. I'd, yeah. I'd like yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's almost kind of like uh, like how high school has a state tournament. Eventually, like you qualify through your region, and then you go through, and you like you want to be the best in the state. And that there's a very high importance in winning state in a high school competition. Like, why is there not a, why is there not that desire for professional soccer? You know, if you can bring that atmosphere, hey, like we can be the best team in Ohio. Hmm. Why not try to be the best team in Ohio when I mean. Right now it's set up as there's a crew in one league and they're going to play FC Cincinnati probably once in the Open Cup, and that's that. And then you see you know, like the crew are the best in Ohio because they're an MLS. What if you can have a tournament to prove it? So instead yeah. of just having just a slogan that you just tap on there saying, we are Ohio's team, right? you earn it. I mean, you see yeah. the, even on the crew's jersey this year, they have the Ohio flag on the neck. Um, yeah. There's a huge sense of pride in the state of Ohio for, you know, for having just Ohio is your state, and we go to Michigan and Detroit, and they say, and you know, they all f- Ohio <laughs> at us the entire game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you probably need to bleep. I, I thought about it, and I was like, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, that's all right. Cool. Yeah. I, so, can, I can nail that out. This yeah. So then we'd say F U two back. Yeah. And they said that's the first time that's ever happened. Like. There's a like, badge of honor. There's, a, there's <laughs> a, I mean, in my Twitter picture, I'm flying the flag of Ohio. Like, yeah. I identify heavily with this state. Yeah. Just living here, uh, if we can bring city pride into Dayton, could be the best soccer team in Ohio. They could imagine a playoff run where if oh, we beat yeah. FC Cincinnati in the semifinal in Cincinnati, and then we 
get to play a home game against the crew and then go play at Mapfree, I think it would be it would be very popular for you know mm-hmm. us going against you know the Bailey and then us going against the the Nordak as supporters would be a blast. Oh yeah. And then Absolutely. Columbus doesn't want to lose you know if they're in MLS they wouldn't want to lose to a to a lower team you know like FC Cincinnati or, or Dynamo or whoever. <laughs> so they'd want to defend that. And if they lose, they just imagine the FCC getting to the final and losing to like Ann Arbor or not. That's that's not Ohio to to um, to Akron. It'd be a big deal, I feel like. Plus, it'd be incentive for other communities to grow something exactly. like that because they'd be like, "Hey, you if, know what? We need to be a part of that." If, if yeah. you can, so that's why the qualifiers would make sense. If there's a bunch of amateur leagues like the Dayton Area Soccer League, if you can have a champion, they'd play the champion of you know. There'd be there could be a tournament to see like who's the best amateur teams. You get the best four. And then they play playing games to to play against you know FCC and the crew, and that'd be the that'd be the, they'd be the 16 seeds to to put it in perspective of the NCAA tournament. They'd be those low seeds that don't really have a chance, but they're in, and they have they have a chance. That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of soccer: yeah. inclusion and giving a chance. That, that's brilliant and doable, like you said. I, I think, think it's. I, I mean, Ohio is not too big. You know, we went. We've been to. We, we drove all the way past Cleveland and went to Erie in a yeah, day, right. and we came. We came back next night. The next uh, night. Yeah. So, it's very possible yeah. to to do a tournament like that in yeah. Ohio, especially I, if games are in Cincinnati and Dayton. It's an hour. You can go play in Cincinnati and come back for dinner that night. Yeah. yeah. E- even Columbus is pretty much exactly. The same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a win-win. I think it's way. possible. Yeah. Guys, any last words? Um, I'll keep my big mouth open <laughs> on Twitter. Just follow me there, I guess. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's fun. And I gotta say, we've we've we have talked to and um, met a lot of people on Twitter that uh, probably wouldn't have talked to before. And it's given me like a bucket list of places to go to to uh, watch a match with them. So. Um, uh, keep it up. Keep following. I'll try to keep things interesting on my end, and of course, follow. Um, I'll follow, keep following Gem City as well too. Um, um, I have a feeling, you know, in the next few years, it's going to be fun and inventive, and I think we're going to see our numbers grow. Hopefully, as we uh, figure out what our new home is and where we'll be, and um, move from there. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for the future, and with these guys, I I can't see it not anywhere else to go but up at this point so yeah all right my last spiel would be i've been saying inclusion this entire time um you know being on twitter since i i mean i really stopped at my twitter game once i got like into the soccer scene so seeing uh seeing people from all different communities you know if i if i'm interested in the the providence city movement up there in in rhode island Mm -hmm. i can just dm them and say hey this is a sweet jersey and they'll be like thanks like this is what we're going to try to do with like the money we raised and with Nebraska, you know, all of the different, the people that you meet in like in Detroit and Chattanooga, they, they can talk. Sorry. You're going to have to that too. More I, editing. I try. I try. More <laughs> editing. My, my last we're falling apart in the second hour. You're falling apart. My, my last feel should be sorry for the cursing. Um, nah, it's no, it's fine. That's um, nah, not tops. <laughs> inclusion. Inclusion, inclusion is the biggest part of soccer in this country. And if yeah. there's anything I can, I can tell you, if there's any advice I had for you for the game of soccer, getting involved with us as a Gem City Squadron or soccer in general is be inclusive. You know, um, that's the whole that's the whole reason this has worked so far for us is right. we've been inclusive to whoever wants to join can join. And if you want to come hang out with us, you doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. If you want to support the community or support the Dynamo, you're for us. So. Yeah, I, that's pretty much mine as well as the inclusion, you know. 
Anybody, uh, check us out on Twitter at Jim Say Squadron. Um, next year, come out, join us at some games. You'll meet some great people, make some new friends, and have a great time. I expect you guys for college uh, soccer season. Come on out to Bojan alumni, yes. and then chant, I'm the best PA announcer ever. But no, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to, but come Lee, on out. Lee, I'll Lee, make signs. Lee. How's that? <laughs> it's free to come out for flyer games, and Wright State games are cheap yes. at five bucks a pop. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. It's great college soccer area. It's yes. a great college soccer area. For Ed, Tyler, and Brad, this is Lee W. Mallon signing off. And thank you to the wonderful people at the Yellow Cab Tavern for letting us do our broadcast this afternoon. Kind of hoping to see Brian come in because uh, he's uh, here for the Australian Football League games, which are now being shown here. And that's in about an hour yep. here this Saturday, the 24th. That will do it here. Episode 35, the Gem and the Queen's Crown in the books. Thank you for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbait.fm, and listen notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lee W. Mowen. Visit TheLeeWMowen.com and GemCitySports.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com.